You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Monday. We're coming to you live from our studios here on South College Street. My name is J.J. Jackson. Joining me on the program today, I've got Tom Peavy and Cam Berry, and we've got a really fun show planned for you here on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Coming up today, we will talk with Wes Durham, the radio play-by-play voice for the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons start their football season on Friday. We'll discuss yeah. that in training camp updates with West Durham at 3.30. Uh, later in the program, we'll have birthdays and sports. It's football season, so we're going to start our conference previews each and every day. Are we talking? We're going to be talking about teams across the SEC. We'll be doing NFL previews and a whole lot more. So today, we're going to talk a little Missouri Tigers and Vanderbilt Commodores football a little bit later in the program. We'll have Best and Worst of the Weekend, a nightly TV guide, and of course... We will always take your phone calls. I want to say thank you again to Ryan LaVoy and Brooks Childress for sitting in the host chair last Thursday and Friday while I was away. I got the chance to go to Charleston, South Carolina and uh, celebrate my younger brother's bachelor weekend with a lot of friends and family. Uh, Really, really fun celebrating my brother Elijah, who is set to get married a little bit later this fall. So congrats to him, and uh, what a fun weekend that was. I'm glad to be back in Auburn, Uh, and uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun week here on Sports Call. We have four shows for you this week. Why? That's a little confusing. Why do you only have four shows this week? Well, as we just mentioned, the Falcons play on Friday. The Falcons will go on the air at 3 o'clock Friday afternoon, kickoff set 4-5. So, Sports Call will only have shows this week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. There's a look at our week ahead. We're going to have great guests on the show throughout the week, and as always, we appreciate you listening in whatever fashion you do. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy and Cam Berry. Tom, how are you? How was your weekend, sir? Uh, doing great. Uh, yeah, I mean, weekend was good. Uh, a lot of work uh, on Friday and then took it easy on Saturday. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, pretty uneventful week and uh, our weekend, and uh, yeah, just kind of watched some sports kind of just kept track of everything and uh yeah i mean nothing really to speak of as far as the weekend goes so uh happy to be here and happy to start talking some sports talk some auburn basketball yeah baby yeah auburn basketball some braves not so good baby <laughs> at least Tough against, weekend at least yeah. against the mets sad, baby. it's sad baby <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah pretty pretty much just got decimated by the Mets in that series they did win one of the games but the the losses were not even close so uh and, and then yeah getting ready for uh for football to start up Auburn's been practicing just uh 
you know, any of the words that we're hearing coming out of Auburn uh, over there. Obviously, you don't get a lot because the coaches are not going to show you a lot while the media is out there. But, uh, right. you know, you kind of get word here and there of different things that are going on. So, yeah, just a lot of stuff to talk about. Ready to get into it. Cam, how are you? How was your weekend? Great. Uh, real relaxing weekend, honestly. Didn't do too much. Just kind of uh, relaxed and uh, went to the gym, really. not Nothing too crazy. Just kind of kept up with uh, – some Braves baseball, which was very unfortunate, like like Tom was saying, you know, uh, Braves officially have a three-game losing streak on their hands. So, obviously, you know, that's the first one of yeah. the season. hadn't happened broke, before. Yeah, broke the, the streak that we had of not having a three-game losing streak, but um, also enjoyed some Auburn basketball. So, yeah, a, a very good weekend. Fun stuff. 334-887-3401 if you would like to call in to be a part of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. The Tigers played yesterday and won uh, pretty handedly in their competition. Again, being played in Israel. They had a three-game series set up with the Israeli national team and today a contest against the senior men's national team. This is the Olympic squad for Israel. These are grown adults yeah. that the Tigers <laughs> are going up against. Yeah. And, and a, a really, really, really... Yeah competitive game uh, between both two teams. Auburn did a, a very good job. Should feel proud of themselves for the way they competed against, again, grown men and professionals for a team coming together to play for the very first time. So uh, you'd rather, of course, come out on the winning side of things. That was not to be the case today for the Auburn Tigers. Uh, but nonetheless, a lot to learn from over this trip and uh, really cool. We've loved the international tours. Uh, again, you only get to do this once every four years. In college basketball, Division I universities are only allowed to take foreign tours once every four years. And then on top of that, if your athletic department doesn't have the budget to support you taking a foreign tour, sorry about it. You know, So thanks again that Auburn is in a position yeah. to yeah, be able to, to take a trip like this, to be able to capitalize on that. Because again, there are some schools who it's not basketball season, we just can't do that. And I'm not talking just smaller schools. Some Power 5 schools yeah. aren't in the position to take advantage of these foreign tours. So kudos to Bruce Pearl and his staff for making basketball a priority in the Auburn Athletic Department for them to put on the display that they did for college basketball this week. Yeah, uh, and the display was also off the court. I mean, some of that stuff was just amazing to see, and I can't even imagine – the, the the things that these players and these are kids I, I also you got to remember these are kids that are still kind of growing into men and to be able to float on the dead sea to be able to get baptized in the river jordan to to see all the sights and sounds of israel of both jerusalem tel aviv uh you know it was very special to bruce pearl because of his uh uh, his faith, his faith, his faith um, uh, especially being Jewish in that area. So you knew it meant so much to Bruce Pearl to be able to take his guys, his family there. And uh, so all that stuff. But then on the court, you get two wins. Auburn is supposed to win that first game. Auburn was supposed to win that one. That yeah. that, that was against a, a very young team, a very young team that was missing some guys that are having to like be in. The, so in Israel the ha, Israel has a deal where you have to serve in the military. Yep. They had some of their players that weren't even there because they're currently in the military. That one was supposed to be a blowout. The second game that Auburn also won very handily was one that was 
it, I mean, kind of on the border. Kind of on the border, and Auburn blew them out because that was a team that is – it was an all-star select team. I mean, these are guys – there are guys that are former college basketball players yep. that, um, and power five basketball players that were on this team. And these are guys that are professionals in Israel. Yeah. Two guys that also were in the NBA for – or right. one that was in college, one made it to the NBA right. for a little bit. So, but but this was a pro select team that they played and dominated. Now this game today, Auburn drops it. They were only down by five, I think, with three minutes to play. Mm, yep. They have it, this is like JJ. You mentioned this is the the Israeli Olympic team. Yes. This, this is the national team. This is the Israeli national team. They are full of pros. They have a guy that was a former number nine overall pick yep. that still is currently playing. Danny. Um. Auburn's not supposed to win the, get that no. game. The fact that Auburn was only down by five uh, with just three minutes to let was, was a testament it, to the that, team. That is a testament to this team yeah. because they are you're not as a college team you are not supposed to be on the same no. level, even remotely, with a national team like Israel. So no. the fact that they were even that close was dang impressive. And I'm sorry, but Yohan Traor, uh, the truth is that dude is good. Uh, Janai Broom looks good. Yes. Chance Westry looks good. A lot better than most people expected. Oh my to be gosh! One. Yeah, just to see these guys and what they're able to do, and then of course you got you know Wendell and KD. You know those guys that are are back. Returning. But man, when you think about what Auburn lost, and you see on the court the pieces that they have replaced, ooh, look out! Fun they're, team. they're impressive. Fun yeah. team and, and really excited that, again, they had the opportunity to do this, that the athletic department allowed the Tigers to do something like this, to take in the sightseeing. They did a wonderful job. Uh, the video staff, Fortical Productions, their crew that they put out in terms of, guys, we saw videos of the guys in Israel. Like Auburn put yeah. in work yeah. to let you be able to see them not only during these games televised on the SEC Network, but also getting to sightsee. We mentioned Coach Pearl because of his Jewish faith, but I also, in these moments, think about listening to the coaching staff uh, of all walks of life. Chad Pruitt, the director of basketball operations for the Tigers. Of course, his daughter Maddie, uh, famous for being on The Bachelor. Uh, Coach Pruitt, a very devout Christian. And for him, talking about Jerusalem is where Jesus lived and walked. and never, like For everybody... Yeah. Uh, in many different walks of faith, they were able to take away something really cool from that. Um, and, and so Coach Pruitt, equally just as much as someone like uh, Coach Pearl, really, really enjoyed their time in uh, in Israel, I would imagine. So so uh, really exciting stuff as it's a busy time here in August. We didn't think so. We thought we'd only be talking about the start of fall camp this weekend or maybe the oh. NFL season coming up. But we've got a lot to discuss. Again, on Friday... The Atlanta Falcons are playing a football Woo! game, and you'll be able to listen to it right here, 3 o'clock, WTGZ Tiger 95.9 FM. Falcons-Lions, preseason football. Come on, Cam. You're not really excited about Dude, the Falcons I'm, this I'm, year, are you? I'm always excited about oh, yeah. the Falcons. Always. Oh. Maybe they'll surprise them. True always. fans can talk themselves into the hype, and that's I, exactly I, yeah, what Cam Berry's able to do. You ought to know that with the, par- yeah. with the Panthers. We'll, we'll find a way to – yeah. <laughs> Exactly. You're not lying, Tom. Hey, let's take a break. We're back with Sports Call right after this.
all of the biggest names in the sports world want to be on Sports Call. We are very excited to be joined by ESPN's Adam Amin. Bring on a very special guest, a good friend of the program, a former host of this very show, and the current voice of the Auburn Tigers, the one and only Andy Burcham. We get the opportunity to welcome in Mr. Phil Steele into our program. Be sure to listen to our conversations with athletes, coaches, and media personalities on the Sports Call Podcast. I'm Corey Grant, former Auburn football and NFL running back, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. We move forward here in the first hour of Sports Call on this Monday. WTGC Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy and Cam Berry here in just a little bit. West Durham, the play-by-play radio voice of the Atlanta Falcons will be on our show. Here on this Monday, we do want to talk about over the weekend. Uh, did want to let folks know we received a word uh, from the fine folks over at MLE. What is MLE? That's Major League Eating. Oh, yeah. They reached out and uh, were so thrilled with the turnout and the showing uh, from fans all across the area for their first ever World Banana Pudding Championship that took place on Friday night. In Madison, Alabama, at Cross Point Church. Of course, we talked about it. Went back and looked. Two and a half weeks ahead of time mm-hmm. did we start the promotion uh, with the good friends over at Major League Eating. They had a grand event, and uh, something pretty cool happened. Yeah, so uh, so two weeks ago we had uh, competitor Jeffrey Esper on the show. He's yeah. the number two ranked eater in the world. Um, behind Joey Chestnut, who everybody is familiar with from the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Um, uh, Jeffrey Esper has many records uh, of his own, and now Jeffrey Esper has the banana pudding record. Nice. Our guy, Jeff- Jeffrey Esper, who That's we had sick. on the show, won the event in Madison, Alabama. He ate over 17 pounds of banana pudding in eight minutes. Oh, my. And That's is, just unbelievable, He is Tom. the new banana pudding record holder. Yeah. We were texting about that over the weekend yeah. a little bit. That was really exciting. I mean, our guy Esper. That's what you said. Our guy Esper. Our guy he is Esper. our guy. Our guy Esper. That's two in a row for <laughs> yeah, him because, two in the, a row. because right after we talked to him, he won the rib competition wherever yep. that was at uh, and beat Joey Chestnut. Now, Chestnut did not come to Madison to, for this uh, pudding contest. He was in Minnesota last for the week ribs. for the ribs. Okay. Yeah. So he won the ribs, and then a week later he's down here uh, in Madison, Alabama, and Wins the pudding contest. So, yeah. That's awesome. The guy that we had on the show a couple weeks ago won the event. How about that? 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 If you want to call in and be a part of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show as we go to our Auburn Bank phone line. And joining us now on today's program is... James from Montgomery. James has called in to today's program. Hi, James. Hello, and War Eagle. War, War Eagle, Eagle, sir. Yeah, I had a really, really good weekend. Well, yesterday I had a good weekend on Saturday. I actually saw some uh, weird sports on ESPN, too. I actually had a good laugh over the weekend. It was some weird sports that I should see actually making it to the Olympics sometime in the near future as well. You were seeing ESPN, the Ocho events over the weekend. Yes, it's uh, it always it's always a very fun thing to actually see what uh, ESPN actually do over the weekend. On um, I think they do that every Friday. They actually 
uh, the Ocho takes over on on ESPN two, and they had some weird they had some weird sports on there that was kind of out of the ordinary. Um, I actually saw like the the dog uh, Corky races. That was pretty funny. Um, I've seen uh, the the um, um, di- different sports that are just. Did you see them racing like, on the slippery stairs? Yes, yes, the slippery stair race. It was so funny. I mean, I couldn't even stop laughing. I thought that was hilarious as well. <laughs> um, I saw some weird sports that uh, that really looked kind of interesting for the Olympics. I saw the uh, air hockey uh, table challenge. Uh, that was pretty pretty obvious for me to actually see because I am a huge uh, Dallas Stars fan. So that was kind of. Um, kind of out of the ordinary, a little yeah. head scratcher for me. But you and can then, play air hockey. The Dallas Stars, they just play regular hockey, you know, but one person plays air hockey. You could play yourself if you wanted to, James. Yes, I actually do play air hockey, and yes, that is correct. I do play air hockey as well, and I'm very competitive when it comes to air hockey as well. <laughs> Are you good? I am very good as well. So very do you want to join the very- world tournament? Um, maybe in the near future, maybe, maybe in the near future, if they have like an air hockey, uh, championship, I would. That's what you watched over the weekend. You watched the air hockey championship over the weekend. So now you need to go participate. Yes, as as well. And, um, did you watch uh, any of the dodgeball? Oh, yes, I actually did watch dodgeball over the weekend as well, and I thought that was pretty fun and interesting for me to actually uh, get a part of that as well. Yeah, the one, the one guy had the uh, Sports Center top ten number one play yeah, that for his crazy. flip. It was like something out of the Matrix. The guy threw the ball at him and he did a whole backflip to avoid getting hit. It was That was awesome. Yeah, I actually did see that. And uh, late at night, it was uh, probably around like 10 o'clock at night, almost 11 o'clock. They had the, um, it was like a, a computer, like a bank telling, telling uh, like, you know, dealing with uh, financing. And that was pretty funny oh, as well. Excel. Yeah. yeah, to see everybody uh, on their computers. Yeah, they had you know, an Excel during... thing. That was yeah. It, it was pretty funny to actually see somebody actually doing that as well. So it, was, it was pretty funny um, to see something like that, and um, you know, with ESPN always, you know, having something like that. I think that that is going to be uh, very interesting as well. What a night it was for. Uh, they do it every year, August eighth, eight eight ESPN. The Ocho, and it feels like every single year they're coming up with the silliest competitions, and yet we love every second of it. Our good pals, uh, Ryan McGee and Marty Smith, were doing some of the commentary yeah. for ESPN, so awesome. it was a whole lot of fun there, to take in. There was another I saw called like Omega Ball, and it was like soccer, but there was like three different goals. Yeah. It was in a three circle. Times. Three times. Yeah. yeah, it was bizarre. Pretty wild. Yeah, that was as well, and uh, with us, Actually, having the uh, Thunder Chickens uh, softball uh, tournament, I think we should be on there, you know, in the near future as well. We need to be. What is ESPN doing? They're missing out on great opportunities to broadcast Thunder Chickens games, James. Yes, as well. So I think we should uh, broadcast our games uh, probably next year in 2023 or 2024 as well. Do you want to be our first base coach? Um, I won't be, but I'll actually play 
alongside with you all guys uh, next year as well. All right. I, I think Comedy Central would be more apt to pick the Thunder Chickens up than ESPN. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. As well. I know y'all. I know y'all are talking about the upcoming uh, football game that's going to be coming up this Friday with the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, no, we're about I'm to have an interview, that. so got a final few thoughts from you, James. What do you think about the Falcons and Lions? Um, I mean, it's a classic matchup between the Falcons and Lions, so I'm actually going to be rooting for the Atlanta Falcons as yeah. well this time. You know the so Lions I- are on HBO Hard Knocks starting tomorrow. Yeah, so I'm actually, um, I'm going to probably see if I can actually get that on my phone and actually see what they're going to be talking about before the uh, opening season as well. So I'm I'm all for it. I'm locked in for the preseason and uh, seeing what these eight games are actually going to do for the preseason as well. What a quarterback matchup. Marcus Mariota with the Atlanta Falcons, and then you've got Jared Goff with the Detroit Lions. Yes, that's well because with Marcus Mariota, I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna step up this year because I think he's a really good uh, starter for the Atlanta Falcons. So I think, I think the Falcons might win in Detroit. So I think this is gonna be a blowout for them as well. Yeah, we'll see. That I would agree. be an exciting way to start off the preseason. Unfortunately, it doesn't really count because it's the preseason. But nonetheless, you want to win every opportunity you can. Yes, as well. And then I'm going to be watching uh, some other um, preseason games as well. On August the 13th, I'm watching my Dallas Cowboys actually play at home uh, against um, Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. So I'm hoping that uh, Michael Parsons and uh, Ezekiel Elliott and uh, Dak Prescott, they will have a really, really good season. Uh, this coming up season for the regular season, and I hope uh, things will go a little bit our way this year. And probably when the regular season starts, I'll probably see them actually going to the playoffs and winning it and making it to the Super Bowl in Glendale, Arizona this year. Yeah, it could happen. It absolutely, absolutely, absolutely could happen. Yes, as well. And then um, over the weekend, I actually did see uh, the – and the Pro Football Hall of Fame enshrinement ceremony was wonderful. Um, I, I I love the Pro Football Hall of Fame enshrinement ceremony. It, it was just one of those iconic moments that I would never, ever, ever forget. Pretty special moment for sure. We really, really enjoyed all of it. Well, James, it's been a pleasure chatting with you today. We've got to get to our next commercial break so we can interview our next guest. So uh, thanks for the phone call, and we'll plan on talking to you on Tuesday. All right, sounds good, and War Eagle. War Eagle, Eagle, indeed. There's our good pal James from Montgomery joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. As we said, we've got to take a timeout. On the other side of this break, Wes Durham, he is the radio play-by-play voice of the Dirty Birds of the Atlanta Falcons, and he's going to join us next, coming up right here on Sports Call. Follow our Sports Call host, J.J. Jackson, on Twitter by searching at underscore J.J. underscore Jackson underscore. And follow the show on Twitter by searching at Sports Call AU. Hashtag, is that two words? 
This is former Auburn football player Danny Skutak, and you are listening to the Abbey Award-winning sports call, Auburn. Welcome back into the program on this Monday. Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app inside the studio. JJ Jackson alongside Tom Peavy and Kim Berry. We've got a wonderful show going so far uh, with plenty more content coming your way here on the 8th of August. We are officially three Auburn football fall camp practices in the books. 26 days away from the Tigers' first game of the season against Mercer but before that even takes place, we get NFL. The, the, the football is here, yes. and it comes your way on Friday as the Falcons take on the Detroit Lions. And you, of course, in addition to being your home for Auburn Tigers football, we're so thrilled at Tiger Communications to once again be broadcasting Atlanta Falcons football for another season. And joining us now, the radio play-by-play voice of the Falcons, Wes Durham here with us. Wes, it is that time of year. Football season is here. Thanks for the time, and thanks for joining us on the show today, my friend. No problem, guys. Nice to be back with you. Appreciate you carrying the broadcast this year. We're, yes, we're fired sir. up. Absolutely. We're excited for uh, Falcons football season to be here. We, we talked after the draft, Wes, as this team was kind of getting ready for training camp. Year two of Arthur Smith. What's the vibe right now there in Atlanta as, uh, as training camp moves on, getting set for this first preseason game? J.J., I've seen five practices. Uh, I have not seen them this week because I'm on the road with ACC Network doing some of our football tour stops. But the competitive nature of the practices that I've seen in person have been really good. Um, you got to remember that in, in two short years, they have kind of revamped this roster in yes. a way that I think has caught a lot of people somewhat by surprise. And, and one of the ways they've done it is there are only two players – that have been longer than five years in Atlanta on the roster right now. Now, Deion Jones could come off the roster at any point because he's on the PUP, and he would be a third player over the over number of over five years because he's been in Atlanta seven years. But Grady Jarrett and Jake Matthews are the only two players over five years in their entire career. When I say over five years now, they've spent their entire career in Atlanta. They've been there longer than five years. And Deion Jones would be a third if he's activated off the pup list. But that's how fast they've moved in, in revamping the roster. Uh, some of it, as we've talked about in the past, has been financially driven because of the salary cap. Uh, but it's going to be really interesting to watch this young group by whole uh, kind of take shape in the preseason. And then the other thing, too, is this. Atlanta's going to be one of, golly, I think three, maybe four or five teams that are going to play everybody in all three games. Atlanta's not going to be one of these teams that, you know, kind of cruises through these preseason games and, you know, kind of flips their hand up and says, all right, we'll see you, Cats, in week one. They're going to have to do some major evaluation about where they are as a football team starting on Friday night in Detroit. And they will get started. The preseason is here for the Falcons. We mentioned kind of the overhaul on the offensive side of the football. There's a new quarterback in town. It's not Matt Ryan, Wes. What's what's practice been like uh, at training camp? Because you got to win with the quarterback. Well, and Marcus Mariota is a, is a guy who's played in this league. Obviously, he's been a couple different places and has a history with Arthur Smith from his time in Nashville. So 
uh, it's not like they've gone cold, you know, in, in getting this started. Uh, Marcus has proven number one to be just a heck of a guy uh, in terms of, you know, his approach to being here and things of that nature. So I think that's good for Atlanta, and I think it's good for Marcus. Second part is is that I think the acclimation, the acclimation process, J.J. and Tom and Kay, uh, Cam, has gone very well from that standpoint. I, I think his, you know, his work with the wide receivers has been good. I think, you know, they've got to sort things out in front of him, though. Let, make no mistake, Atlanta's got to have the ability to run the football. They, they can't run the football. We've got bigger issues than who's going to be the quarterback uh, for this football team. Yeah, I mean, you look at the numbers in, in this Falcons team, Wes. I mean, you know the numbers. Uh, one of the worst teams in point differential last season, despite winning all the games that they did, right. found themselves in a couple of games that, that the score just was not pretty in Atlanta's favor. Speaking of, of running backs, I mean, who are going to be some of those players that need to step up toting the rock this year? Well, for me, in all honesty, I think this is going to get really interesting because I think it's going to start with Cordero Patterson, but I think Damian Williams is going to see some time here early at running back. Uh, I think it's safe to say Tyler Algier, who they drafted out of BYU, is going to play. They have moved Avery Williams from the secondary to running back. You're going to see him. Quadra Allison and Caleb Huntley are both all still on the roster as well. I, I'm not going to be surprised Friday night if if we see all six running backs and then Wow. You know, maybe even maybe even Keith Smith, the fullback, carries it. I, I think the bigger question is going to be those combinations I mentioned in front, though. I, I think that you know there there has been a battle at center with uh, Matt Hennessy and uh, and Drew Dahlman. Uh, there's clearly been a battle at left guard with Jalen Mayfield and uh, Elijah Wilkinson. But I think with Mayfield's back kind of sore for him, that's going to be. Uh, that that may go to default to Wilkinson. The the other battle is the one at right tackle, and Jermaine Effetti was brought in again, another veteran guy who's kind of been around the league a little bit. He is a six year guy, three hundred and thirty five pounds on a six five frame, and Effetti and Caleb McGarry has uh, has become a thing in training camp. Caleb, to his credit, uh, while not completely healthy in uh, in the majority of his career. Has uh, has showed a lot of tenacity and has uh, has put up a pretty good fight here. I expect the right tackle thing to go all the way through the preseason. Um, the quarterback deal with Desmond Ritter being drafted, JJ. I'll, I'll just get ahead of you on this one. Ritter's going to play, but I think there's uh, at least right now. I don't think there's a. I think Marcus Mariota starts Week One. I don't. I don't think Atlanta goes full blown rookie in uh, in Week One at this point because Mariota's shown enough moxie and presence in some of the highly competitive drills they've done. Uh, and remember, they're going to have some combined practices coming up uh, the following week in New York, and then they're going to have some with Jacksonville at Flowery Branch. So I, I think Mariota is the guy quarterback, and Ritter's going to play. But I don't, I don't think there's any concept right now of Desmond Ritter being a starter week one against New Orleans. Yep. Uh, switching over to the defensive side of the ball, uh, the Atlanta defense uh, really went through some struggles last year. Um, seventh worst in the league last year total, uh, but uh, made some moves in the draft, made some moves in free agency. Uh, what, are you, what are you looking at with this defense and, and how they're shaping up for this season? Well, you're kind to say they went through some struggles last year. I mean, that's, that's an right. undersell if there ever was one. Uh, you know, they, they didn't hit the passer. They couldn't rush the passer. Uh, they struggled to stop the run. Um, you know, they were pretty good in the secondary with A.J. Terrell, and actually they've gotten better at the other corner because Casey Hayward's come in on a free agent deal 
allows them to, when Isaiah Oliver is healthy at 100%, I think he's pretty close. They can plug him in at the nickel. Jalen Hawkins has been good back there as well. Um, but I think the linebacking situation, look, we're all waiting to see kind of how this Deion Jones thing goes down once he's healthy. Right. Um, there is some thought they will trade him. I don't think they'll cut him. That's just my opinion. I haven't talked to anybody within the front office to, to gather it. It's just a thought that I don't think they're going to put him on the street. I think they want something back in return for Deion Jones. If he's healthy, he's a really good linebacker. Rashawn Evans has come in, done a very nice job at the other inside spot. And then the you know the get excited group now is the is the outside linebackers. Um, uh the rookie from Penn State, looked very good. Uh, Adi Ogundeji has looked very good, the second-year uh, edge rusher from Notre Dame. And then Lorenzo Carter is in a group that, uh, guys, Dave Archer likes to call the chip-on-shoulder group. There is about seven or eight guys on this roster, and uh, and Zoe Carter is one of them, that probably realizes if it doesn't go well in Atlanta, that might be the end of my football career type deal, Right. Some of them are on one-year deals. Some of them are on two- or three-year deals with a lot of options and things like that and incentives. But I think Lorenzo Carter has shown to be a very, very efficient guy in terms of rushing the passer. And, uh, you know, to be honest with you, Tommy, that's the best way Atlanta's going to improve is right. they got to get to the quarterback. Right. And if they can't get to the quarterback, you know, it, it won't matter because uh, – Guys are too good in this league. They'll they'll tee off and hit receivers and run the ball on you. But Atlanta's got to pressure the quarterback and they've got to create more turnovers, or else that uh, that scoring differential JJ talked about a moment ago is not going to get any better. Wes, uh, it kind of seems like a lot of people are very down on this team just because you know it seems like we're still going through a, a rebuilding process. Um, but you know, a lot of the players within the organization seem like they they have a lot of fight within them. Um, kind of reflecting the the personality of Arthur Smith. Um, what what do you think about that? I think the layering of this team is in progress, and and layering. Everybody wants to use rebuild, and I understand because that's the quick and easy term. Um, I've had a lot of fun talking with people about college football this off season, you know, because everybody wants to talk about you know the super leagues and expansion and realignment and all that, but nobody wants to talk about the details of how all that happens, you know. Well, everybody in Atlanta, a lot of people want to use rebuild, and I get it because the salary cap put them in that spot. But on the way back here, they're being pretty patient, and they're using, I think they're using a lot of the youth. Remember the thing I gave you about Jarrett and Matthews, right? And then potentially Deion Jones, and everybody else is less than six years with the organization? That's a lot of young people. And when you start to think about it, they got a lot out of that draft. I mean, this Anderson oh, yeah. kid from Montana State, you guys aren't going to believe it. I mean, he is a missile going east and west at linebacker. Now, I don't know if he plays right off the jump or not, but here's the thing. This competitive stuff that Arthur Smith talks about, that's not like a song and dance, you know, Kiwanian Club lunch deal. He's serious about it. The competitive piece of this, is a is a big time part of where they want this organization to be, and so I'm buying now. The reason I'm buying, you don't have any choice but to buy, because right now these are the guys that have been entrusted by Arthur Blank and Rich McKay and Steve Cannon to run the organization, right? 
and and they're doing the things they think they need to do to kind of get this thing to the next level. And and we'll see. It's not going to be easy. Look, Tampa's the favorite, guys. We all know that, right? I mean, the cat's eating avocado ice cream and doing all that jazz again <laughs> and 45 years old and just, just killing people. But, I mean, we'll see where this goes. I think it's going to get really interesting. I'm not sure the division's going to be great, but I think Atlanta, as long as they can stay healthy, gives themselves a fair chance. I have no idea how many games they're going to win. My standing line this offseason has been we're going to play 17 of them and see what happens. I think that's a fair line, and we'll get that process started uh, coming up on Friday. Of course, preseason games before those official 17 get going. You can follow him on Twitter, at West Durham. He's been the radio play-by-play voice of those Falcons since 2004. As you embark on another season behind the mic, <laughs> if yeah. JJ, if myself or Tom or Cam goes back to 04, Wes, and tell you, your future self, you're still going to be doing this thing in 2022. What would you have said? Boy, I fooled the hell out of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you know what? It's It's been a blessing. I mean, it really has. In our business, you don't take for granted the loyalty and the support you get to do this. Um, I, I think anybody would tell you the same thing, whether it be Andy and you know Brad and the guys involved with Auburn or you know any any situation, because – the support that Mr. Blank and Rich McKay have given uh, Dave and I in doing these games, JJ, it's been incredible. And we're grateful to to have the opportunity to do it. And for many years, you know, I was doing Georgia Tech, and now this will be my 10th year in television. And Dave did college games as well for many, many years until a couple seasons ago. And to be honest with you guys, it's um, you got to have support to pull that off. Um, but uh, that's that's been the fun part for us, and the relationships too. I mean, you know, it, it wasn't easy for us when obviously they, you know, they traded Matt Ryan uh, because he's a friend. Um, just like it wasn't easy to watch Josh Harris sign a free agent deal to go play in Los Angeles. I mean, Broke you know, heart. he had been in, yeah, he'd been an Auburn guy, walk on there, and been at Carrollton, and you know, he'd had a really great run, but. You know, it's a it's a business, and you got to remember that sometimes. But we're looking forward to next Friday and uh, and seeing what happens at Ford Field in Detroit against the Lions. How do, how do you get ready for the first broadcast, Wes? Because it's funny we've been talking with you mentioned Andy and Brad in our conversations with Rod Bramblett over the year, and oftentimes they talk, hey, you can try and practice all you want to before a season gets going, but switching sport to sport like all you great folks uh, and broadcasters do, there's got to be a level of rust, I would imagine, that uh, you're having to knock off as those games get going. Well, we try not to think about the rust, but yeah. the idea of uh, the idea of the name and number in the preseason makes it a little taxing. You can do all the college football you want, but more than likely not everybody's going to play in a college game, right? Unless, you know, it's a, Very good point. It's a blast. But in, in this game Friday night, anybody healthy is going to play. So there's a real good chance 180 different guys are going to see the field or some roughly number like that. Um, You know, and you're just trying to keep the game in front of you. You really are. I mean, if there's stories to tell along the way, you want to share those. But you also, you know, in in a game like Friday night, it's uh, Paul Hewitt, the old basketball coach at Georgia Tech, had a great line one time. He said it's like a three-car crash on the Atlantic connector. Nobody wants to be in it, but they sure as hell want to slow down and take a look at it. And so – you know, and that's kind of where we'll be Friday night. We want to keep the field straight for you. Uh, you know, make sure you kind of know how some of these combinations are working at the positions of interest. And, uh, you know, and see what happens. And then, 
you know, the coaches and players will tell you after a preseason game, they'll give you a lot of insight about, you know, the other team played hard or we started fast or things of that nature. And really, that's the, that's the way you kind of measure the preseason. But I'll share this with you. Atlanta and Detroit, I'm going to pull this number here real quick. Look at me. I'm even carrying the work with me, J.J., on the road up here in Syracuse. <laughs> so um, impressive. The, uh, I'll just give you this, and, and I want you to think about this on Friday night. Atlanta's lost 15 of their last 16 in the preseason. Wow. Okay. <laughs> we, don't now, win. we don't win preseason no, but, games. Okay. And here's the other one. Detroit's lost eight straight preseason games in 12 of 13. Oof. Now, no matter how many times rosters change and things of that nature, when it gets right down to it at the end, I don't know anybody that doesn't want to win, right? And that's the part about Friday that is going to be fascinating to me. Dan Campbell's a second-year guy in Detroit. Arthur Smith's a second-year guy in Atlanta. These guys want to win, and I know these players do. So that's why I'm saying Atlanta, I don't know how many games they're going to win when the regular season starts, but I think they're going to play hard, and I think they're going to compete, and that's going to be a big part of what we're talking about, I think, Friday. Well, Wes, you you talked about that you're uh, you're doing some stuff with the ACC uh, preview right now. Uh, You know, J.J.'s a, a big Duke guy. Uh, is he going to have a big fan it, during basketball, though, Tommy? <laughs> <laughs> basketball. Well, I was going to ask you, I was like, you know, is there anything that he has to look forward to with the Duke Blue Devils in football, or you just got to wait for basketball? Well, he's got he's got to look forward to me doing their first game against Temple, I can tell you that. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, Roddy Jones and I will be there with Taylor Davis, who you guys know from the Auburn area. Yeah. Uh, she's uh, she's working with us. We're delighted to be with her, and so we're we're excited to be uh, for Mike Elko's first game. Look, I, I think Duke's got a long game. They're playing the long game with Elko. I think he knows it. I think Dana King, the athletic director, knows it, and, and that's fine. But it's going to be a pretty good league. I mean, you saw it today. They're four in the top 25 of the coaches' poll, um, headlined by Clemson. But NC State's really good. I mean, NC State's got a chance to be an issue for Clemson and their dominance in the ACC to a yeah. point that, I would tell people, you know, watch NC State early. There's some really big non-conference games. You guys, I'm sure, have talked about Miami playing Texas A&M at College Station. Oh, yeah. Pitt and West Virginia going to play in the backyard brawl. Florida State and LSU the Sunday night before Labor Day in New Orleans is very, very interesting in my book. I think, I think that game is really going to be interesting to see kind of how things unfold for Mike Norvell at Florida State and certainly for Brian Kelly and his Cajun accent and Baton Rouge. <laughs> 25 days away from that. Not that uh, I'm counting down the the days until uh, that Duke football game. But, Wes, <laughs> I'm giving Tom some money right now for asking that question. I'll post it on the Duke podcast a little bit later. He's the best. <laughs> Wes, the yeah, time is good. greatly appreciated, my friend. All right, guys. Thanks again. Appreciate you being part of the network. Take care, okay? Yes, All sir. right. That's Thanks, our buddy, buddy Wes Durham. You He's bet. joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Yeah, Falcons football on Friday right here on Tiger 95.9 FM. And uh, absolutely love West Durham. And every time he comes on the show, uh, we're smarter for it. How about that game? on? I mean, we're not going to have a show on Friday afternoon because the game is getting started. Again, 3 o'clock Central time. Pre-game coverage gets going. 5 p.m. Central. Boom, we're kicking it off. He's dropping stats like that. The Falcons... Yeah have lost 15 of their last 16 preseason games. That feels made up. Like, it feels impossible to do that in the preseason. And the Lions have lost 12 of their last 13 
What is going to give on Friday in Detroit? Wow. It's way too way too true. I've watched every single preseason game, and I've watched, uh, obviously, outside of the one win, I've watched every single loss. Whew. Just is what it is. Good stuff on the Falcons it's a good right thing there. It doesn't count. From West Durham. <laughs> we'll take a timeout, and uh, we'll have Sports Call continue in a moment on Tiger 95.9 FM. We need a timeout. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. Now back to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Back on Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. Our thanks to Wes Durham, the radio play-by-play voice of the Atlanta Falcons. Tom, you're not on Friday shows. You're a Monday and Wednesday kind of guy yeah. here on Sports Call. But reason enough not to have a program when it means West Durham's voice is going to be heard on this Absolutely. radio station on Friday. I, it's awesome anytime we have West Durham on here to talk the, talk about the Falcons or talk about anything, really. Because yeah. West Durham is a very knowledgeable guy. Been around the block a time or two. He has been um, through college football and now uh, still doing stuff with college. But, yeah, play-by-play guy for the Falcons in a – Always great to have him on here. Great to hear about the Falcons. I Cam is a bigger Falcons fan than I am. Now, I do follow the Falcons. I like to see them yeah. be successful. But I don't really have a pro NFL team that I just am fully invested in. Not I like know. I am with the Braves. Like I, I will like openly admit like I am an Atlanta Braves fan. I live and breathe the Falcons. I just I the I'm just like I want them to be successful, and I'll root for them, yeah. but I, I don't care. Um, it's not a – And they're – yeah. I'm a Panthers fan. Can't right. get around that. But I, I am aware of the fact that we're incredibly close to Atlanta. Sure. Uh, it is an incredible honor for our radio station to I've be – I've never been to a Falcons game. A Falcons radio network what? affiliate. Yeah. And and so we'll, we'll talk Falcons from Absolutely. time to time and, and support their broadcast and make sure you listen once again coming up on Friday. Yeah, well, and, and – you know, and I'll talk about it because it's it's sports. I'm still invested in it because it is a local sport. And like I said, I want them to be successful and cheer for them, but it's not one of those like I get upset with them. Uh, you know, it's but I don't think they're going to be very good this year. Yeah, Cam, Cam is a little more let's, optimistic. Let's do this. So as we're about to run out of time here in the first hour, again, your phone calls are welcome. We'll hear from Matt. We'll hear from Steve a little bit later in the program after this break. Some news. Uh, to pass along, we have learned that uh, Olivia Newton-John has passed away at the age of 73. Of course, the former Grease star who was working alongside John Travolta, again, passes away at the age of 73. I have not seen very many movies. I am proud to say I have seen Grease more times than I can count. That was just a classic <laughs> That my family put on the TV growing up together. I mean, it was just a lot of singing. And um, hell, in first grade, my dad, brother, and I did a performance of Grease Lightning at the talent show together when my dad was the school principal. And uh, again, I was in first grade. So this has been a a movie that has been near and dear to my heart and near and dear uh, to many people's hearts. Uh, And Olivia Newton-John passes away at the age of 73. There is a... What is it, a, a conspiracy theory that I'm About, not aware of, Tom? Yeah. Well, and first of all, I was going to say Olivia Newton-John, yeah, she passed away. Um, she, she's been uh, battling breast cancer for the last several years. 
So she died peacefully with family surrounding her today uh, at the age of 73. So, yeah, it was not like a, a sudden tragic. Uh, well, I mean, it's sure. always tragic, but not a... Uh, unexpected. Death. Unexpected, I mean, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so I, I brought up this Greece conspiracy theory with JJ, and uh, JJ, you're not aware of this. Uh, we have about 30 seconds so, left before we got to get to the top of the so, hour. So the theory in Greece, Sandy. Which means I'm going to have to think about this the entire commercial yeah. break. So Sandy, who was Olivia Newton's right. character, the, the theory is that she was dying the whole time in the movie. Oh, my. So the, the way the theory goes is at the beginning, John Travolta's character in her, he rescues her from drowning. But the theory is that she actually drowned and everything throughout the movie was was her brain when she was in a coma and it was all that putting because, the story together right yeah. um because at the end of the movie what happens they get in a car right and they drive drive off, off into the sky the sky so she's ascending wow i've never thought about that i no. can vividly see those first scenes yeah right vividly and then while we're going to school and Danny Zuko and everybody sees that yep. there's Sandy. And and in summer and in the song Summer Nights, she swam by me, she got a cramp, he ran by me, I got my suit damp, I saved her life, she nearly drowned, he showed off splashing around. So the whole thought is that she was actually drowning in that whole wow. thing. And the other, and I don't know a, how to feel about that. Well, there's that. a lot of like she's from Australia and all that. Why would her family move to the exact town and high school that Danny Zuko was at? Right. So it was that all doesn't a, make much sense. Right, it was all a fantasy in her head as she was dying, and then as her and Danny are in the car ascending, that is her dying and ascending up. I don't know what to say. That's wild. I don't know what. To, uh, uh, wow. My world is rocked. <laughs> Grease lightning. We need to take a break. We've reached the end of hour number one. More sports call after this. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call gets started right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio with Cam Berry and Tom PV. Our thanks again to Wes Durham, the radio play-by-play voice of the Atlanta Falcons, for joining us on Sports Call earlier in hour number one. The Falcons play the Lions on Friday. The game and coverage starts at 3 o'clock Central Time. Because of that, we will not have a show on Friday this week. Sports Call will air Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And then we are off until the following Monday, until one week from today. So a full week ahead, 
just four days as opposed to five, and make sure you listen to the Falcons and Lions coming your way on Friday. Uh, News outside of the sports world. Again, we have learned this afternoon that Olivia Newton-John has passed away at the age of 73. The Grease star uh, has been battling breast cancer, and so she passed away at the age of 73 with family and friends surrounding her. And as we went to the top of the hour break, my, my world was rocked. Uh, our, our sales manager, Wendy, is messaging in saying how shocked and how much her mind is blown by some <laughs> of these facts and conspiracy theories that take place. Uh, I know that we've got a lot of callers who love to do their own independent research as well. So if anybody else can call in today and add to our Olivia Newton-John discussion now yeah, right. about the movie Grease and whether or not you believe this in conspiracy theory I would love to hear from you. 334-887-3401. Turned it into a wacky Monday. I know. Did Olivia Newton-John <laughs> pass away in the... Did Sandy... Sandy. Pass away at the start of the film and then the rest of the movie play out as a dream? Keep in mind the final scene. We're all in this together. Not, well, that's High School Musical. Um, <sighs> what are we singing at the end here? I'm getting my musicals put together. Oh, goodness. Oh, I forget the you name. You and I are looking well, at summer, it. They're summer bringing ni- it together. Yeah. And summer Nights, was, up into yeah. the, summer uh, Nights was the first song where he talked about saving her from drowning. And I, mi- I mentioned Grease Lightning earlier. What a performance beauty school dropout is. I mean, look, Tom, I, I'm, I can rattle off some Grease songs every now and again. Yeah. That's and a great movie. Great movie, great music. Incredible musical. musical. Love, I love the music, too. We that, go but. together. We go together. Not we're all there in this go. together, but we go together. Yep. Uh, the final song be played. So, yeah, as that's playing. Shamalama ding dong. As that song is playing, <laughs> Sandy, is, is she heading up in the car? The car well, in Sky? Where, where are the they ca- going? The, car, I mean, the, it, the characters it, played by John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John. Where yeah. are they going in the film? Yeah. That's our why, big question of the day. Yeah, why? Why? if everything else was real, why we, would the car suddenly take flight we're 26 days away from the start of the auburn football season so we will start our sec conference previews uh during today's show the rest of the week we're gonna have some nfl previews coming up tomorrow and yet uh, these are the important questions that need to be answered what in the world uh, happened actually in the movie greece i want to hear your conspiracy theories or any other fun things about uh, the legend olivia newton john passing away at the age of 73. All right, let's take your phone calls. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 888 9 Joining us on the program is... Matt from Tallahassee. Matt has called into today's program. Hi, Matt. We fly new summer nights. We go together. <laughs> That's forever. right. <laughs> Remember forever. Like shoo-bop, shoo wa wa doop-doop-doop-doop. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, Cam, I've got some bad news to tell you, man. Oh, what you got for me? I got Detroit Lions, 49, the Falcons, 27. Dang, man. Wow. Oh. You got to get beat up that bad? I used to, I used to like the Falcons. They root Why for do you us, not like man? them anymore? I, I don't live in Atlanta no more. Uh, you can still like so them. So who if do you, you don't like now in, in the NFL? Uh, I have a date. Well... Oh, I still like the Panthers. No, uh, no, Matt. It's okay. I'll give you a pass, but ah, uh, you're killing me. Hey, 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 uh, yeah. 
I'm not very happy. Auburn lost today in basketball. Okay, it's all it's all you and Tom. Well, okay, I won't blame you. I'll blame Tom. (laughs) (laughs) That was a tough loss. You, You can you can blame me, but I mean the thing is. Auburn was not supposed to win that game. They played very, very well. Yeah, Auburn was not supposed to play that. A team like that, like that Israel national team, they should have beaten Auburn by twenty something points. At I mean, least. they they're it's they're professionals. Those are pros playing against a college team, and Auburn took them right down to the wire. Hey, so that's pretty Tom, special. You, hey Tom, y'all owe us a hundred dollars. Oh, man. That going to Auburn. Give us a few more questions, Matt, before we get to uh, the ne- next part of our show. Uh, what do you guys think about, like, um, do you guys think that Auburn will flip the commitment from Georgia to Auburn, probably? Bo Hughley is a very big candidate, uh, or recruit, I should say, that Auburn's trying to flip his commitment. He's currently committed to the Georgia Bulldogs. He's an offensive lineman. Braden Joyner, who is currently committed to the Tigers and plays at Auburn High School, is being very, very active and vocal about how much he would love for Bo Hughley to decommit and to come on over to Auburn. And it seems like things are are trending in the right direction for that to happen. So, yeah, I think it absolutely could happen. Okay, so, okay, Cam, this is for you and Tom. What do you guys think about the newcomer on the basketball team for Auburn, that how they played in the the games in, against the Israel? Uh, I, I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, the the newcomers really showed out. Uh, I, I I think I think they're going to be impressive. I I honestly I, I don't want to say that Auburn's not going to miss a beat because they're going to no. miss Jabari and Walker Kessler. But man, oh man, these newcomers they've got coming in. They they look very impressive. And this is just August. If they have more time to gel together before that season starts, I, I think Auburn can be a very, very dangerous team. Yeah, and I mean, Janai is is basically the perfect replacement for Walker. Yeah. I mean, if you could really draw up somebody, Broome, yeah. yeah, if you could really come up with anybody that could replace him, it would be Janai. He was the perfect guy that we needed to get to fit Bruce's system, and we got him, and and he's really, really playing really well. Uh, Yoan Treor is, is going to be special. Um, he... Doesn't have exactly the shooting prowess that that Jabari had, but he still has that that scoring ability. He can do it on in all three phases. So that's how the production is going to be able to be replicated. Did, did Jared Hopper's brother play? Jared Hopper, he his brother does not play, um, but uh, he he's I think he's on a walk on scholarship right now, or preferred he's a walk on a preferred spot, yeah. walk on spot. Um, but, who, but who's better though, Jared or his brother? Jared, <laughs> the older okay. brother's always better. I'm speaking as oh, an older okay. brother myself. Oh, I like and stuff. So, like, how, how did you guys season your softball season go? Do you guys did you guys win, or do you guys still have games going on? Still got some more games left. We got two more games coming up tomorrow. So hopefully we win them. It went for me. I want to try. I want to try to play with you guys next year if I can. Yeah, yeah we'll see if we can make it happen. Hey, and I, I want still want I still want to come by the studio and like uh, and talk and so people can ask me questions and I, I like to meet more down Steve if I'm if I'm on the radio. Yeah, Steve down yeah. in Fairhope, Alabama. Yeah, yeah. So hey, I was gonna do like a I was I want to do some new trivia this year. I want to try. I want to try some NBA trivia. Some NBA. I never tried NBA trivia. Okay, before. well let's uh let let's give it a go. Here's a couple of questions for you. Okay. All right. What NBA franchise in the Eastern Conference has won the most championships? 
What NBA franchise in the Eastern Conference has won the most championships? It's not the Detroit Pistons. Uh, yeah, not the Pistons. Not, they no, did I mean, one in 2004, but not them. Not the Heat. It's not the Philadelphia 76ers. Correct. Not New York. Not New York Knicks. Right. So who won the champ? The most championships? Oh, I have to say the Bulls. One of their mm. best players of all time passed away last week. No, yeah, let's see. It's not Michael Jordan. Right. Not Scottie Pittman. Right. So it's not the Bulls, but but that one of this team's best players passed away last week at the age of 88. Oh, wait a minute. I'm trying to think. It has to be the Indiana Pacers. Uh, not quite. No. Not quite. They're still looking for a championship. The Boston the Celtics. The Bill Russell passed away, and the Celtics have the most NBA championships. Okay, well, hey, I want to do the chair real quick, and uh, then I'll call you guys. Call you. you guys won't be on next Monday, right? We will have a show next Monday, yes. Okay, I will call you guys next Monday, and uh, I was going to do the chair real quick, so are you guys ready? We're ready. Yes, Here we go. Five, four, three, two, one. Whoa. Whoa. Eagle. Eagle. Hey! Bama, 48, 45, 63, 13. Booyah! Bama, we're coming to your field. Georgia, coming to your field. Mississippi State, coming to your field. Old Miss, coming to your field. Knock you guys out of SEC and stay saving. You got one second. There you go. All right, buddy. Good to hear from you, Matt. Hey, 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 Tom? Yeah. Hey, hey. I'll try to. We're going to do just that. We'll talk to you on Monday. I would tell Ward down Steve, I said, hey, and tell Sean to call you guys or he's going to owe us money. All right, sounds good. That's our buddy Matt from Tallahassee joining us there on the program. Fellas, let's go ahead and we'll take our next commercial break on today's program. Call in and talk with us, 334-887-3401. Vanderbilt and Missouri, they're getting set for a couple of football seasons in the SEC. How will they fare in the SEC East? Also... Olivia Newton-John has passed away today at the age of 73 after a battle with breast cancer. Her most iconic film, Grease. Was she alive during the film? Did Sandy, her character, <laughs> pass away? Was she dreaming? I mean, JJ out. Uh, let, let's I'm talk about have, conspiracy theories with Olivia Newton-John as our show continues to move on here in a moment. Sports Calls back after this. Tiger, 95.9. J.J. Jackson and the guys want to hear from you. Give them a call to join Sports Call at 334-887-3401. This is Andy Burcham, voice of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM, Tiger Communications app, JJ Jackson, Tom Peavy, and Cam Barry on the show today. Hope that you're doing well. Hope that everyone had a great weekend. If people are just now joining us, if they missed the first part of the show, you can go back and listen to anything that you've missed on our show on our Sports Call podcast presented by the fine folks 
over at Coca-Cola. Uh, but Tom, if someone missed the first part of today's program, not what did they miss? I'll tell them a great conversation with Wes Durham. We've been sure. talking about the movie Grease. What I want them to know right now, how was your weekend? What'd you get into this weekend, man? Oh, man. Work. Let's rehash this. <laughs> work. work. Okay. Uh, very busy Friday and... Uh, I'm gonna keep getting busy Friday in the uh, in the bar industry. Just that everybody's moving back in town, getting ready for class. Does it funny how that works? So, yeah, you know. So very busy on Friday. Saturday was relaxing and trying to recover from that long workday Friday. So Saturday was just kind of a recovery day. Uh, yeah, spend the weekend watching all sorts of various sports and keeping track of Auburn basketball. Keeping yeah. track of the Braves. Unfortunately, um, not too good there. But uh, yeah, I mean, other than Friday. You know, it was a relatively relaxing weekend, just chilling out, watching some sports, and trying to trying to be educated so that I know what I'm talking about when I come in here and sit in front of this microphone. No kidding. Again, so uh, so thrilled. Uh, my weekend, getting the chance to celebrate my younger brother, Elijah, as he went through uh, his bachelor weekend. That was pretty epic. And uh, again, I'll say thank you to Brooks Childress and Ryan LaVoy, who sat in this host chair in my absence. I listened to every single second of Sports Call while I was away. I know uh, what was discussed and talked about, and uh, glad to move forward here with another week of the program. As we do each and every day, let's celebrate some birthdays. It's time for today's Birthdays in Sports. Birthdays in Sports, August 8th, 2022. Today, Anthony Rizzo is turning 33 years old. This is a current first baseman for the New York Yankees, previously played for the Chicago Cubs. And San Diego Padres, three-time All-Star, a 2016 World Series champion with the Cubs, and a four-time Gold Glove Award winner, Anthony Rizzo, 33 years old. Wasn't there a uh, character in Greece they called Rizzo? Oh, no. You are right, though. (laughs) Wow. Very impressive. I don't know that you're going to be able to keep going with what I've got coming. But, yes, you are correct. Betty Betty Rizzo. Betty Rizzo, man. Played by the Stockard Channing. Man, so, yeah. how, how about that? Man? Anthony Rizzo, Goodness. the baseball player, yeah, is 33 not, today. Not the character Betty Rizzo from Greece. <laughs> Pierre Garçon is 36, former NFL wide receiver, selected in the sixth round of the 08 NFL draft out of Mount Union by the Indianapolis Colts. He also played for the Washington Redskins and San Francisco 49ers, led the NFL in receptions in 2013. Pierre Garçon is turning 36 years old today. I can't find anybody named Garcon in Greece. Yeah, I don't think he'd be able to. <laughs> Let's keep trying. Blake Keltis, War Eagle. He's turning 29, a current NFL cornerback for the Los Angeles Rams, selected in the sixth round of the 2016 NFL Draft out of Auburn by the Philadelphia Eagles. Last season, Keltis, a Super Bowl 56 champion with the Rams. He's also played in his NFL career for the New York Jets and Baltimore Ravens. Blake Keltis. Is 29 years old. Yeah, an incredible player. Super Bowl I, champ. Yeah. Reigning Super Bowl champ and plays for the uh, Rams still. That's right. Blake Countess is 29. Jared Stidham, 26 years old today. Current backup quarterback for the Las Vegas Raiders. Selected in the fourth round of the 2019 NFL Draft out of Auburn by the New England Patriots. 2017 first team All-SEC at quarterback for Mr. Stidham who, again, is 26 years old today, started for the Raiders in the Hall of Fame game. Derek Carr, of course, will be their starter, but it was Stidham that started for the Raiders in their Hall of Fame game last week, had a rushing touchdown. Jarrett Stidham, 26 years old. 
Yeah, Stidham actually didn't look too bad in that Hall of Fame game. Like you mentioned, the rushing touchdown. Uh, he did get sacked a few times. You know, that's not necessarily his fault. But, uh, yeah, I think he, I think he's going to be a viable backup to Derek Carr there in Las Vegas. But, uh, yeah, he, he, you know, he didn't just, like, shatter the world at the Hall of Fame game. But he looked pretty impressive. This is our birthdays in sports on August 8th. Again, Anthony Rizzo, Pierre Garçon, Blake Countess, and Jarrett Stidham are all celebrating their birthdays today. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 tiger 9 if you would like to call in and be a part of Sports Call as we go to the Auburn Bank phone line. And joining us on the show today is... Ward Dam Steve. Retired Ward Dam Steve has called into the program. Hi, Steve. I got chills, they're multiplying, <laughs> oh. and I'm losing control. That's right. Power, you're supplying. It's, it's electrifying. electrifying. That's right. You better you shape, better up. shape up. <laughs> All right. That's the end of my uh, singing career, folks. I, they, they, uh, the Braves need to follow that better shape up. Yeah, I better shape up, too. <laughs> All right. Hey, inquiring minds want to know, Mr. J.J. Jackson, did you catch the gardener? <laughs> it wasn't quite. It wasn't quite the wedding. It was just a bachelor's weekend. Well, back yeah, yeah, yeah. It was no. just. It was just my brother and uh, a couple of our buddies uh, celebrating my brother. The wedding will be later this fall. So, um, okay, okay. Inquiring well, minds are allowed to question me on that later uh, in the fall, and uh, we'll see if I'm able to make the play, make the grab. Well, we are all proud of you for not uh, apparently making the headlines in any uh, internet web services or local newspapers <laughs> about eluding police. So uh, we're yeah. glad to hear that. All right. Uh, and to uh, Mr. Uh, Matt, uh, Wardam Eagle from uh, Retire Wardam Steve to you, man. Awesome. War Eagle. That's right. How about a Wardam uh, shout-out to Miss Suni Lee for her uh, acrobatic uh, first pitch in the Minnesota Twins game? Wasn't that yeah, crazy? A little cool. front flip into the first pitch? Yeah, that's, that was that, that was amazing. That's you best of the weekend worthy right there. Do you know how she got invited there? She's from the state of Minnesota. I would imagine those connections kind of tie in into being an Olympian, right? Okay, I had forgotten about that. Okay, yeah, so that she's from the state of Minnesota. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on, guys. Now, obviously, you weren't here Friday, but I'd ask the guys. I want to ask you as well, JJ. Uh, what is your ceiling? And same, same uh, for you too, Tom. Uh, for yeah, I already gave uh, my Auburn's, answer. Uh, uh, okay, yeah. Uh, but what is the ceiling, J.J., for Auburn's win totals, and what's the floor for Auburn's wins totals this year? Yeah, like I said, if, I, if I'm not on sports call, I make it uh, my duty to make sure I'm listening to every word that's said to know what you guys are up to on the program and absolutely love the conversation that was had. I know that uh, everyone seemed to be settled on the, the 7-10 to 10 range and then uh, or the 6-9 to nine range for what the Auburn football ceiling and floor could be for this team this upcoming year. I think probably nine being the ceiling uh, feels the best shot for me. Obviously, I want to be optimistic and and go higher than that, but knowing you're playing Georgia and Alabama away from home and how tricky some of those other games could be, I think of a Penn State coming in, a Texas A&M matchup for the Tigers. So I think nine is a fair ceiling for this football team, and uh, definitely, I don't see Auburn being worse than a six and six football team. I just don't see it. Yeah. I I, th- I think to to answer that question, I think the floor is, is five. Uh, it, I mean, I think that's worse because I'm looking at uh, Mercer, San Jose State, uh, Missouri, uh, 
Mississippi State, Western Kentucky. I think those are games that I would put Auburn definitely, definitely winning, but that's only five. The rest are going to be tough, but that's, that is a bare minimum, I think, is, is the floor is five. Uh, I think the potential is there for eight, maybe even nine if you surprise somebody. But um, I think floor is five, and I think eight is probably more reasonable. All right. Well, uh, you're entitled to your opinions, guys. Uh, I'm disappointed when I'm on you. Uh, from you there, JJ, I thought you'd go with me because uh, you know I'm I'm really homering. Uh, I'm going for ten as a ceiling. I'm trying to get wiser with my years, Steve. That, that's a a resolution I'm trying to adopt this football season. Okay, well uh, that's not a compliment to me then because I'm older <laughs> than you. All right, be that as may, guys. Let's uh, let's continue here. There are some players I've been reading about from uh, Nathan King and Jason Caller at the uh, at the practice that uh, I want to point out to you guys that they think are going to be some breakout players. One of them being a true freshman, Mr. Camden Brown, as yeah. a receiver. I saw and, that. Uh, uh, Nathan King had his, his three things I know, three things I think piece. And, and, Steve, aren't we grateful that that's back this time of year? I mean, man, that's just yeah. great content and coverage that the folks over at Auburn Undercover have. And, again, we don't want to spoil everything because we know that is behind a paywall for some, uh, but uh, support what they've got going on there. But, yeah, I, I think Camden Brown has a chance of being absolutely – electrifying with his bigger frame, and um, I'm excited to see what he can do. Give me some other and things Cam that you like. Yeah, Cam, Cam Riley, a linebacker. Another Cam. So that was hmm. interesting to see uh, some of those comments. Apparently the practices uh, have been, uh, I guess, very informative to the uh, uh, sports uh, beat writers, so I'm glad to see they're getting more access. Uh, moving on, guys, I came across this article, uh, and it's uh, by uh, Brett McMurphy, and he says, these are the six schools that are projected to be favored in every regular season, uh, according to the odds makers. And they are, in alphabetical order, Air Force, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and finally Utah. Have you seen that list? Yeah, I did see that list. And, and yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I, I was surprised with Air Force because I didn't realize that Air Force was supposed to be that good, And but I also haven't looked at their schedule. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it makes perfect sense. And who are the only two teams that are from that list projected to be double-digit favorites in all, in all their 12 games? Uh, Probably I Georgia. Mean, well, I mean, I would think Alabama and Georgia, but I'm not sure who else. Alabama definitely, yeah. The other is Ohio State. Ah, uh, yeah. So there we go, guys. Uh, those are uh, going to be now. Essentially, what if five of those teams that I just mentioned uh, all go undefeated? What does the committee do then? Well, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know what the committee does then, but uh, they have, they'd have their work cut out for them. But, I mean, obviously it would be you'd start looking at the schedule and, and who everybody played and your your toughness of schedule and how you beat the teams and your common opponents. So all the other things that they kind of put together. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they'd be in quite the conundrum if that were to happen. Yeah. Uh, this is why I'm in favor of expanding it. But moving on, guys, uh, I guess you probably know by now about the, uh, uh, I guess, the uh, fiasco or brouhaha of uh, Mr. Uh, assistant Coach Kale Gundy resigning. I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did hear about that. Yeah. Now, 
I guess we will never know what was the offensive word that he said out loud. Hmm, I can take a guess. He said, um, and I'm, I'm not really sure, you know, because you know, I've known of uh, professors and I've, I've read articles that uh, were suspended for a time or they were, uh, you know, taking a task uh, for reading certain words like the N-word or something. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you read it from some other piece of source of material, is that just as egregious as if you actually said it yourself? Because that's, that's apparently, uh, I'm reading this uh, from Scott Allen, uh, and he says that apparently uh, Gundy was uh, reading aloud a shameful in quotes and hurtful word off of a player's iPad during a film session. Yes, that, that's what I've heard. It was a play. It was something that was on a player's iPad that he read out aloud, and it had the offensive word in it. Uh, and I don't know who all called him on it, but I've also I've seen a lot of players in support of him saying that you know it just was what it was. It's kind of one of those you know apologize type deals, but you don't need to leave. But I you know I think there's others that feel differently from that, and apparently Kill Gundy himself felt the need that he needed to step down from it. Yeah, I guess I saw Steve. If he'd actually said the words himself intentionally, but he said he didn't, then I'd see that, yeah, this is really pretty uh, pretty egregious. But it came from another source. So I'm just wondering, guys, do you see it uh, as, I guess, as worthy of him needing to resign? The way I feel about it is if if it's the word that I'm thinking that it is, if you just shouldn't say it, period, honestly. Um I mean, I don't even agree with like black people saying it. So, you know, it just, it just kind of personally, that's how I feel about it. Maybe, okay. I, I mean, I, I maybe not resign worthy, but you know, to each his own and however everybody, every other person feels about it. Sure. People in power might feel about it a certain type of way. They don't want their a coach to be saying that period, which I can agree on that mm. side of things. Um, and, you know, it's not like you said, it's not like he's saying that on his own accord, but even reading it, saying it on your own accord, any point in time, just so. don't say it. And, and and I'll say this, Steve, Cam is the guy that I would want to answer that question. Cam being a black male, that word, if that's the word that was used, I think it's just assumed that that's what it was. That that word's going to be a whole different ball game to Cam. Yeah then my opinion on what would be said because that word doesn't affect me personally. And so I could just sit here and go, hey, listen, he read it off an iPad, so what? I mean, it, it's a word that they they probably spout around that locker room over and over and over again, and he just read something off the, off the iPad, and, I mean, geez, move on. But that word does not cut to the core to me like it would somebody Cam. So Cam would have a lot stronger opinions about it than I would. And that's probably the same thing within that locker room. There's probably some guys in that locker room yep. that whether whether he said it on his own, whether he called somebody that word, whether he, you know, just was saying it in general conversation or just reading it off an iPad or reading rap lyrics. I don't know. But the fact that it came out of his mouth is obviously uh, offended somebody and he's made the decision that he needed to step down. Yeah, uh, well, I'm, I'm really glad to hear your comments on that camp. Yeah, uh, because you know there are other. I mean, there are noted uh, pieces of literature, you know, that have the N word in it. Right. You know, so if a professor read it out, like To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah, I, I yeah, 
I, uh, uh, I, I would, I'm just coming from position. You know, he said in here, Gundy quoted, right. what I said was not malicious, and it wasn't even intentional. But he says, I'm mature enough to know that the word I said was shameful and hurtful. Right. Yeah. I mean, exactly that. Okay. Uh, I just didn't know uh, what your guys' thoughts were. I just wanted to ask you about it. All right. Moving on, guys, if we can. How about this really interesting piece of information? Uh, comes from AL.com. You may have already seen it. Uh, and it is entitled, Which College Recruits Your School the Best? Did you see that list in Alabama? What, what was the list again? Say it again. Okay. Uh, it, it's entitled, Does Recruiting Really Start at Home? Alabama high school coaches rate college recruiting staffs. Oh, I, I haven't seen that list, but I mean, By ben I. Thomas. Yeah, I, I haven't seen the list, but I, I mean, I, I, I know what. I, I mean, I know what a lot of high school coaches have to say with certain things. Well, here's what they found out. It says, based on 75 anonymous responses from right. high school coaches, many coaches named more than one college. So here's, here's what, they, here's what they, they found out, how many recruits uh, from in-state have gone to programs in Alabama or not. Troy is number one. They've had 22 recruits go to Troy from the state of Alabama. Yeah. Were you surprised by that? No, I no, see I'm not surprised by that because Auburn and Alabama they reach further outside of the state of Alabama to get the blue chip guys. So Troy, a Troy and a UAB and a South Alabama, they're going their focus is in state. They are getting the guys that are in state that Auburn or Alabama didn't look at, didn't want, you know, they instead of bringing in that kid from Leroy, Alabama, they're going to Austin, Texas to bring in a five-star. So Troy is going to get that guy from Leroy. So the fact that their rosters are full of more in-state guys is not surprising at all. Well, uh, I'm bringing this list up, guys, because, you know, one of the criticisms against Harson has been since he's been there that he's left a lot of a uh, good number of uh, highly touted and highly uh, you know, regarded recruits uh, leave the state. Uh, but UAB was right, Tom. They were next. They have 12 people sure. uh, that have gone to UAB. Uh, same, Alabama, same thing with Troy. Alabama and South Alabama are tied for number third place with nine recruits from Alabama. North Alabama has six. Uh, Alabama, uh, Auburn, yes, believe it or not, is tied for uh, four recruits from the state of Alabama with West Alabama, Clemson, and Huntington. And um, you know, we've lost some high-tower recruits uh, that, uh, for whatever reason, didn't come to Auburn that live nearby, like Phoenix City. Yeah. They've gone to Clemson. And that's what I, my concern is, you know, should we be concerned that Auburn has not gotten more uh, highly regarded recruits from the state of Alabama and they've left for going to competitors? I, I mean, I think it is, it is a thing of concern. And, and honestly, I didn't realize that Auburn was that low uh on the totem pole as far as getting uh in-state athletes but yeah i mean even going back to gus malzahn's years uh, yeah i mean it was troubling there were some top-notch guys uh especially right over you know down the road in phoenix city that went you know justin ross he goes to clemson one of the top wide receivers in the country and auburn misses out on him there's been quite a few others that auburn has missed on and uh i you know i don't know the reason for that, it's not like they're not recruiting these guys. I mean, I just they are, but I just don't think they're recruiting them hard enough. Uh, I right. think I think one of the thing, one of the biggest things with Gus was that he didn't recruit the in-state guys 
hard enough. He he kind of took it for granted that oh they're gonna want to come to Auburn because you know they're living in the state of Alabama. They've grown up as fans, so they're not. He's not putting as much of the resources into getting these guys that are in the state, like say Alabama is doing. Like he, if if Nick Saban wants a top guy that is in the state of Alabama, you can be rest assured that he's probably gonna get him. Whereas that was not the case when it when it came to Gus Malzahn and Auburn with Harson. I think he saw that. I think he's putting more emphasis on it i mean even we have we had what two recruits we have somebody that's on campus that was a um that went to auburn high school i think he was a preferred walk-on and linebacker um and then we have uh joiner i think he's from auburn right if i remember correctly so we're get we're he's starting to push more for the guys that are that are in the area that are more talented you know that are the four the five-star guys that are around so uh, I think he sees that getting the in-state guys is very very important and uh, I mean it's just a work in progress I mean I think Auburn kind of has to rebuild up their reputation um, that they do want the guys that are in the state yeah and and I was going to say this the other other thing with Malzahn and it has continued with Harson and and really you have to do this but they have they had such a good pipeline into Georgia right they're bringing so many Georgia guys over here and that's fine because in the state of Georgia, they they have some better, bigger, higher profile schools and, and players over there in Georgia yeah. than in the state of Alabama. Now that's not taken away from the Hoovers and oh, and, yeah. and things like that in Alabama, but Georgia, especially in that in that outside of that Atlanta area, that I mean, there are some show enough studs outside of Atlanta, and so Auburn really developed that pipeline over here from Georgia. And because they were doing that, they didn't have to get so many guys from in-state. Well, uh, those you know those comments and observations are, are all have merit. I've just been concerned that we've lost some really uh, highly uh, you know touted and highly ranked uh, recruits to uh, not only just in-state rivals but the out-state like Clemson. They've gone elsewhere. Yeah. I said, "Wow, but here they are in our backyard, and we let them go." All right, now finally, Mr. JJ, are you still there? Absolutely. What you got? Okay. I have a final request for you, okay? Because you are so you are so adept, okay, at getting you know um, hosts on there that uh, you know I love hearing but hearing from. So I'd like a, a list I could give you, okay? okay. So my wish list, okay? okay. Uh, I wish you could get maybe Mr. Jason Campbell on. Okay. Yes, we talked Ronnie to him in the Brown. past before. Yeah, I love reunion okay. visits with our Auburn Sports Network guys. Keep it going, Mr. Mr. Stan White. All right. Okay. Uh, I'd also like to. How about Mr. Greg McElroy? That'd be fun. Okay. Uh, Mr. Cole Kublik. Yeah, that'd be dope. Okay. And finally, could you get Mr. Cam Newton back? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, hey, he's not playing football, so, hey, you, you never know. Well, Maybe we can try. Maybe we can get try, him in the studio. Yeah, we could we could do a bunch of uh, DMs and stuff. Maybe reach out to his, uh, his marketing uh, manager or something like that and get, get him in contact. That'd be pretty dope. Well, just my wish list. Uh, fact, real quickly, guys, what is the status on Cam Newton at this point? He's free I mean, agent. Still looking yeah, for his next a, team. He's a free trying agent. to figure out what his next move is going to be. And I mean, I mean is, is anyone you know actually even uh, uh, wanting him to go and, and just look at him to you know try him out? Doesn't well, seem like he's on anybody's radar yeah, right and, now. And I think it's like a lot of teams are looking for him in, in a backup role and that's just not cam like it's just never going to work to where cam is a backup because he's so vocal as a person and as a leader as a player that you, he'll never take a backseat to anybody it's, oh. it's just he's just a natural born leader in that sense so i think that kind of 
that kind of causes him to lose out on also on some calls as well. Do you think that you know that perspective, that position that he's taken, is unrealistic at this point? Yeah. I wish you'd be I mean, more willing to entertain yeah, a, yeah, a, just a backup role because you never you know would. when injuries take place or if you compete for the job with somebody and the coaching staff says, "Hey, actually, we should be playing Cam." Like I would definitely appreciate yeah. if if he was given another opportunity and if Cam was willing to accept a role uh, that possibly isn't the franchise player or star like that. But, but Steve, not. let's uh, let, let's bid adieu to you here, my friend, because I think you're going to be pretty excited with who's set to join us right after this. <laughs> okay, well. Um, Waiting to hear from some people, calls that we haven't listened to or had heard from in quite a while. So uh, I'm waiting to listen to them. All right, guys, thanks for your time. I know my time is way, way up. And uh, I was proud of the basketball team and how they prevailed today, even though they didn't win. But uh, until next time, have a safe afternoon and evening. And War Eagle always. War Eagle. Eagle. That's our good buddy, retired Ward M. Steve, joining us there on the program. The one thing that I'll say about Cam is where his future is in question, you also got to look at the fact he's 33 years old now. There's not a lot of quarterbacks that, that play in the NFL at that high level from 33 on. There no, have been especially, some. Especially with his style of play. Exactly, with his style of play. And um, coming off a major shoulder injury it, that ended his exactly. career with Carolina the first time. So I, I, I don't want to necessarily say it, it's time for him to retire, but it almost is because it is, is – his days are really numbered for his ability to even play. Again, at 33 years old, the, there's not a lot of quarterbacks that get past that, and he's at that age. It's crazy to think that Cam Newton that we saw here at Auburn winning a national championship is already 33 years old, but that is the reality of how long ago that was, 2010. Dude's, 30, here we are now. dude's 33 yeah. years old. So, yeah. I mean, crazy. Let's, let's keep it moving. Here we are on this Monday again, Friday the Atlanta Falcons play the Detroit Lions. You will listen to the game. We're the proud home of the Falcons Radio Network. Starting at 3 o'clock, we will not have a show on Friday because the first preseason game of the year between the Falcons and the Lions is then. Next Friday is the start of the high school football season here in the state of Alabama, which is incredibly exciting. And we are today 26 days away from Auburn taking the field, from Alabama starting their season, and so many others across the sport. Retired Ward Amp Steve and many other callers have begged for the return of one of our callers in particular, and here we are, excited to welcome him back into the program as we go to our Auburn Bank phone line, and joining us now here on the show is... Anthony from Auburn. Anthony has called yeah. into the program. Hey, hey Anthony, here he is. Hey. Hey, guys, how you guys doing? Very good, well. Good, good, good to good hear to, your voice. Yeah, it's good to hear you from know, you, bud. People have been hollering and crying and begging me to call, so I'm back, and I'm going to give you what you want or don't want, but you're going to get it. Bring uh, it. You know, uh, Steve put it on, on out there on the money there. You know, he said what I've been saying for years, calling in, that Auburn, as far as recruiting, uh, the top upper echelon of talent in the local area has not been able to wrangle it in or, or, or get it in uh, under their umbrella. Because it's going to Clemson and winning national titles. It's going to LSU and doing the same thing. It's going to Alabama and won titles. But it ain't coming to Auburn. And that is a mystery, a big question that needs to be solved here. Why can't we do it? Uh, I mean, is the recruiting style that the coaches, the uh, methods they may be using or not using, the reason these guys don't want to come over to Auburn? Uh, I remember a time when uh, you had a Gerald Robinson down there in Notasaga, a big old nasty defensive tackle. Pat Dye went out there and sat at his table and ate some greens and grits and some fried chicken. And next thing you know, he's over at Auburn 
bleeding orange and blue and giving everything you got. That's the method that Coach Dye used in those days. I don't know if it worked now, but it might. But uh, I remember Dye going to Phoenix City and doing the same thing at Jane Joseph's house, and his mama saw that, and she made the mind up. You're going to Auburn. You forget about going anywhere else. But uh, now with NIL money floating around and plenty of it, then uh, Auburn got to talk to the big-time boosters, the ones that got all the big money, got all that cheese. They need to say, look, you need to budget out such and such dollars so we can go out and compete and get this upper echelon-type talent. We want to go to Hallelujah Land just like everybody else. We want to win the conference. We want to be celebrated. We want people hollering and crying and carrying on and cheering for Auburn from him from one coast to the other. And that's what you're going to have to do. The money is there. I mean, Jimmy Rain from last time I saw uh, was about $800 million or $900 million worth of net worth with assets, money, and stock and property and everything else that goes with something like that. He's going to have to get together and get all the boosters together and say, look, this is the plan. This is what we got to do. But until you do that, the teams like Alabama that continue to go to the playoffs every year, Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, the Ohio State University, and every once in a while you get the uh, fighting Irish slips in there. Those are the teams that are, uh, are doing it every year. I mean, you're not, I mean, as long as you got a 14 playoff, you can pretty much forget it. Nobody in their right mind that wants to be a first-round draft pick that might want to win a national award, that want to win a, 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 a national title, or won the conference every year, want to win all these Heisman, Maxwell Awards, uh, Jim Thorpe, just to name a few. Nobody in their right mind is going to uh, deviate uh, away from places like that. They, that's, that's where it's happening at. That's who's winning this stuff. Nobody's going, why would I want to go somewhere else and, and, and stand a chance of, of being a second or third round pick when I could have went somewhere else and I had enough talent to, to work around? Fair question, that, yeah. That I, that I don't have to do everything. Think about it. If you were running back, if you can go somewhere like Alabama and get you 15, maybe 17 <laughs> carries a game as the – starting man, marquee man, and get you 100 yards a game and then let the second and third running back come in and get them some carries. You ain't got to beat yourself up every week in a Southeastern Conference that would kill you inside of three quarters. I mean, look at the longevity. You're talking about longevity and making money and, and trying to last once you get to the NFL. Then you can't go through that just going to a college where you got to – I got to carry the ball 40 times. I got to carry it 35. I got to carry it 28 times. You just ain't going to be able to do that. But uh, until somebody make their mind up, then uh, that's what's going to continue to happen. And it looks real bad when you see uh, Avery Atkins. Auburn uh, didn't have a scholarship for him. He goes to LSU. Kicking at LSU, yeah. Kicking at LSU. Is he still there? Did he go ahead and take the COVID year, or did he just go ahead and graduate? Do y'all know? I think he I think he has another year in addition to a COVID year. Yeah, I yeah. I think he's still got some time well, well, so let me, let me just jump in real quick. Jump in. Do it. Do All right. It. So, in this last recruiting cycle, Auburn recruit Auburn signed two guys from Auburn High School, Powell Gordon and EJ Harris, there both from Auburn High School. Yep. They got those two guys, two of the best players on one of the best teams in the state of Alabama, came to Auburn. Auburn is also currently recruiting in the favorite to land a kid out of Lochapoca, who is one of the top players in the state. So Auburn is trying to do this. Arsenal's they're trying. The they're thing, trying man. to get involved. With these guys, and so they signed two from Auburn. They may very well sign a kid from Lochapoca, so they're doing it exactly what you said. Going to these houses, you know, get with these families and say, "Hey, listen, come and play at Auburn," and they're they're trying to do that. And then in 2023, Auburn also has a commitment from Braden Joiner, who's from Auburn High School. Yeah, he's yeah, committed to play what, for yeah. the Tigers and Carmelo English the wide receiver from Central Phoenix City. Central Phoenix City had EJ Williams and Justin Ross both go to Clemson, and now their next stud wideout has chosen to commit to the Auburn University Tigers. 
Well, they trying. I, I see they trying, but I beg to differ there a little bit because, uh, you know, those two guys you're talking about, Gordon and that other guy, Auburn High, that signed this year, that out there going through two days, uh, if you want to call it two days. I'm going to call it two days because I'm old school. I'm going to call it two days. Uh, those guys are, 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 are kind of players that Southern Miss is looking for. I'm talking about upper echelon type talent. I'm talking about game changing uh, type talent. I'm talking about a person that they're going to be a stud horse that got all Americans written all over. That, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about an average football player or a good soldier that that uh, that uh, you know that'll be there and give you, you can count on him giving you all that he can give you. But he's only going to be able to give you so much. I'm talking about somebody like a uh, like like we've seen with the. Uh, uh, all Americans uh, that came out of the Evans kid. Uh, uh, what's that other kid? That kid that came out was Live Foster. Ruben Foster. I'm, I'm talking about that kind of. I'm talking about that kind of upper echelon talent that can change a game in a heartbeat before you can blink an eye, take a sip of your Coca Cola, or eat your hot dogs or popcorn while you're sitting there watching the game. Is what I'm talking about. Somebody yeah. that, that can change things that fast. Well, now I'll, I'll say it. Powell, Powell Gordon, at linebacker. He's pretty. He, he's he's solid. He, yeah, walk he, on, but he's good. Yeah, I mean he's he's whatever. But now EJ Harris, six five three twelve, offensive lineman. Auburn has struggled desperately to recruit offensive linemen. EJ Harris was looked at as one of the top uh, offensive tackles in the entire country. Again, at, at 6'5", 312 pounds, he was a four star guy across the board, uh, and and borderline five star. So I mean, EJ Harris is a guy that you desperately needed to keep. In town. Not, as Russell's reminding me, Jeremiah Cobb out of Montgomery. Clemson wanted him really badly, and he's decided to stay kind of in the backyard and play for the Auburn Tigers. So I do think it's improving. Anthony, you are so right to point out the fact that you've been preaching this for years and years and years. Uh, so we will give you your credit there, but it does seem like uh, that, that narrative might be changing a little bit. Well, all the time I tell when uh, Harson gives his exam You're on right. Saturday. We'll find out in a Southeastern Conference showdown when they got a Woe Nelly and a Barn Burner going. And then we'll find out whether the guy can block a play slap and tickle. Well, it may, it may take a couple years for him to develop <laughs> an offensive lineman, but we're going to find it out. And when we find it out, we'll all know, the whole world will know whether he can block, whether he can tackle, whether he want to play slap and tickle, or yes, whether he just want to sit there and, and, and put one finger in his nose and another in his mouth. We'll figure it out sooner or later. Can but, I just uh, tell you how much we've missed you? I know you have. I know you missed me. <laughs> <laughs> I know you have. I know you have. This but, uh, has hey, made our day. But sometimes we need to take a sabbatical or, or, or a break from uh, certain things. And But we got it rolling. We'll see what happens this football season. All right. Football is played, and we're going to see. And, uh, but I'm going to wait and take – I'm not going to tell you what I think Auburn records will be right now. Yeah, I'm we got to wait a little bit. Yeah. I'm going to wait after those Nittany Lions come calling. And after they do what I think they're going to do, then I'll tell you exactly, guarantee 100% what the season will be like. Y'all have a good day. All Thanks right. Very much. That's our buddy Anthony. Hell yeah. Yeah. How about that? Not Anthony from Auburn is back on Sports Call. Anthony has returned. Woo! Absolutely love that. Good to hear his voice, Tom. Oh, yeah. A- absolutely. Hallelujah land, slap and tickle. I mean, we got Anthony. <laughs> He's full-fledged back on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Loved every single second of that. Bottom line is Auburn is improving, recruiting locally here in the area. We'll continue to talk about that and more as our show continues to move on. We got to get to these SEC previews. Yeah. But we also got to take your phone calls. Man, we're juggling here on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. That's what makes this job fun. Alongside Cam Berry and Tom Peavy, my name is JJ Jackson. Two hours of the Bucks, and we're rolling.
Two hours of sports call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call getting started. WTGZ Tiger 95.9 FM. My name is JJ Jackson. And with me on today's show, Tom Peavy and Cam Berry from Insider Studios here on South College Street. We hope that everyone had a remarkable weekend. We certainly did. Uh, we hope that you've enjoyed our show so far today. We hope that you're excited for what is coming through the rest of the week here on Sports Call. If you're just now joining us, coming up on Friday, the Atlanta Falcons are set to play the Detroit Lions. That game will start at 5 o'clock Central Time. Pre-game coverage starts at 3, meaning on Friday we will not have Sports Call. No version of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show heard here locally on 95.9 FM instead Listen to the Atlanta Falcons. As we move forward, we've got some team previews to get to on today's show. But before we do anything else... We've already finished the first two hours of Sports Call today. (sighs) Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? It's now time for the Daily Show Recap. Um... Can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things? Daily show recap. Tom Peavy, what's happened today? Man, we've talked about a lot of stuff. Uh, Great call with uh, West Durham and talked about previewing that Atlanta Falcons uh, game. Kind of previewing the Falcons season and their roster and all the different changes that are going on there with the Falcons as they get ready to start preseason play Friday against the Detroit Lions. Uh, We've had some other great callers. Uh, throughout, I actually got to hear back from Anthony from Auburn. Great to have Anthony Remarkable back. Remarkable to have him back. Uh, we have talked a little bit about Auburn basketball. Uh, they they fell today to the Israeli national team, which, again, Auburn is not supposed to win that game. This is the Israeli Olympic basketball team full of professionals, including a guy that was a former number nine overall pick in the NBA. The fact that Auburn kept that close is impressive. Gave us uh, 25, too. He was so good. Oh, yeah. Dude's (laughs) dude's incredible. Um, Auburn's not supposed to win that game, but they were right in it to the end. Unfortunately, in their Israel trip with that loss uh, after winning their first two. Um, We've talked a little bit about the Braves and their struggles uh, over the Mets uh, in the series, uh, losing four out of five. Was it four out of five? Four out of five. Yeah, Yeah. four out of five. As Cam uh, highlighted for the first time this season, currently riding a three-game losing streak. Uh, And then then we talked about uh, uh, the passing of Olivia Newton-John, the Grease star, and then, of course, I blew JJ's mind with the Grease conspiracy theory. Which is a fun one. It's a fun one. Which is a fun one. Call in and let us know what you think about JJ's, uh, JJ's mind just spinning on that all one. All over the place. Still <laughs> is to this very moment. 
Uh, all right, here we go. Third hour of the show off and rolling. Let's jump into it as we get set to preview the upcoming season of college football. Each and every day, we'll pick a couple of uh, SEC teams. We'll jump back and forth at the NFL level as well. Let's go to the Missouri Tigers. That, that's Auburn's SEC East opponents this season. Missouri uh, coming into the year. What do you guys think about the Tigers? getting started this season uh well you know i mean most people are predicting missouri to finish down at the bottom of the east uh obviously ahead of vanderbilt because i just people don't expect anything out of vanderbilt but uh, pretty much all the projections have missouri about sixth in the sec east uh they're having to replace a lot of guys and i mean if you look at uh i've got an athlon uh here in front of me and just kind of looking at all sec uh they do have the first team kicker in harrison uh mevis but that's it. Um, they do have uh, they have a defender. Uh, they have a defender, uh, Isaiah McGuire, um, defensive lineman, as a second teamer. But yeah, I mean, just a, a lot uh, to replace uh, for Eli Drinkwitz there with the Missouri Tigers, um, and I think just a lot of unknowns about them. And I think yeah. that's the biggest thing with Missouri is that right now it's a lot of unknowns, uh, and I think very similar to Auburn in the sense of. It's a new coach still trying to kind of figure things out with that program, uh, get them back on on a championship-type footing. Obviously, it's going to be a little more difficult at Missouri than Auburn to get back on a championship footing just because you know, you're that far away from everything else in the SEC. And, I, you know, it's not a uh, decorated program, I guess, is the best way to say. So uh, it's one of those games when you look at Auburn playing Missouri – it's one of those that Auburn should win. But again, with so many questions coming in on both sides, you just don't know what to expect out of them. I do like Eli Drinkwitz, their head coach. I, I think he's a great dude. But, uh, you know, they're, they're, uh, they lose Tyler Beatty, their uh, top running back. They lost uh, Blaze Aldridge, one of their best linebackers. Uh, they do have uh, some guys coming back on defense that's going to help them out. But, I mean, offensively, they're, they're really trying to figure out some pieces right now. Non-conference matchups for Missouri this season. Louisiana Tech at Kansas State. Abilene Christian and then also taking on the New Mexico State Aggies. Auburn is the fourth game of the year for Missouri. Their first SEC competition, much like the Tigers. That game will be played Saturday, September 24th from inside Jordan-Hare Stadium. Cam, you look at Mizzou and you think what? Um, I mean, basically the same thing that Tom said. You know, that, I mean, just they need a lot of pieces that they have to replace um and they're just kind of a question mark in the east i mean there's not a lot of expectations as well just because i mean it, it's missouri it's missouri at the end of the day you know i mean um they're definitely not going to really compete towards the top of the east um but i mean drinkowitz is he's trying to build something so and i think that you know he's in the process of that and as long as he continues to keep going you know maybe they can compete maybe but it, i mean just a question mark at the end of the day for me. Missouri went six and seven last season, three and five in the SEC. Losses in the conference by seven to Kentucky on the road. They were routed by Tennessee, 62-24, the final score of that one at home. The Vols went on the road and uh, destroyed Missouri <laughs> yeah. there. Texas A&M beat them by three touchdowns. Lost at Georgia, 43-6. to but who didn't get obliterated by Georgia last season. Uh, and then Arkansas, of course, defeated Missouri. Yeah. Final game of the season, uh, regular season, 34-17. And then they lost the 
Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl to Army by a score of 24-22. So a tough finish to yeah. the season for Missouri after they had some promising moments. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I was going to say, I will say, however, um, w- due to their roster, I will be keeping up with um, they have a freshman quarterback, Sam Horn, who graduated from my high school. Um, I remember us talking a, about that yeah, when he committed. A, yeah, a, I think he was a three or four star quarterback. So um, I'll, I'll probably start to get more invested um, if he starts to get some some decent playing time um, with Missouri. But yeah, I mean, they just overall just tough slew of it in the East. Honestly, kind of crazy to think about Missouri joining the conference 2013, right. 2014, and they go Dominant. to the SEC championship yeah, right really away. Really good, <laughs> right away. And well, they had some. Been like, they had some really good players yeah. on those teams. And I'm like, yeah. how do we get back? How do Man. we get back? And, and again, not picked to finish too well at all. Uh, we, we will see how Missouri continues to prove going into this upcoming season. But uh, Tom, as you said, they, they lost a couple of key pieces, a couple of guys coming back. But uh, we will see what the year looks like for Eli Drinkwitz, who, again, is a fun guy to, to sort of um, cheer for. And uh, knowing the Auburn ties that are there, support him and, and hope things go well. In Columbia, when we saw him at SEC Media Days, I'll be honest, was kind of taken aback how short the guy was. <laughs> I, I, I was, you know, he's just, short and he's, he's goofy. Short, really? he is, yeah, he's short was, and goofy. When he walked by, I'm like, um, wow. Like I, shorter uh, than all of us? Yeah, short? He's, a, oh, he's, he's a short fella. He's a short fella for sure. That and goofy is a good word for him as well, Tom. That's funny. Yeah, I didn't realize he was that short. Yeah, he <clears throat> he's a good dude though. I, I mean, like I said, yeah. he's got the Auburn connections. I, I I like Eli Drinkwitz. I just you know, man, when you when you take over a program like Missouri and and I get it, yeah, they they were they won the SEC a few years ago, but guess who else did? South Carolina. If yeah. you if you remember in 2010, Auburn played South Carolina in the in the SEC championship game. So, yeah, Missouri has been there, but, you know, when you just look at what the other teams in the East are doing, obviously in the East it's Georgia and then everybody else. But you look at what Tennessee's been doing, you look at what Florida's been doing, uh, you look at what Kentucky's been doing. Kentucky keeps trying to make themselves a pretty dangerous team. And, uh, you know, it's just – man, when you take a job like that at Missouri, you're really already behind the eight ball trying trying to get things done because – how do, just, how, do, how do you measure success when yeah. you have a program like that? Because, you know, you can only do so much because you're just never going to compete against the likes of Georgia or Florida or even Tennessee for that matter. And so, you know, if you're the athletic director, if you're the, if you're the staff, like how do you measure where you're successful? Maybe you get a couple wins against those guys maybe, but – there's a very low chance that you're winning the division because it just seems like, you know, it's it's either going to be Florida or Georgia, maybe Tennessee every few years or so when they can get, you know, everything in the right formula. But Georgia has that division in a chokehold. So yeah. what are you going to do? Yeah. I, I will say this. If there's one guy to watch out for with Missouri this year, it's a true freshman, uh, Luther Burden the third, a wide receiver. Consensus five-star, the number three overall ranked player in the country, 5'11", 210-pound wide receiver out of uh, East St. Louis, Illinois. Uh, and it's substantial that he got somebody like that. Yeah. And so there, there are some players that want to go to Columbia, Missouri. There's just not a lot. But he does have this guy who was, again, third-ranked player in the entire country. Now so watch out for that plays. guy. Now they yeah, gotta, go gotta have a quarterback to throw it to. Yeah. Him. All right. We got to take a break here in the final hour of Sports Call. We're back after this. Tiger 95.9.
Sports Call has been on the air since 1995. Want more Sports Call? Check us out online at sportscallauburn.com. All right, let's keep it moving. Final hour, Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM, Tiger Communications app, JJ, Tom, and Cam inside our studios here on South College Street. Talking about the SEC football season coming up. Our previews continue. Let's move on to Nashville. The Vanderbilt Commodores, Clark Lee, year one, taking over a Commodore program that, folks, is terrible. Uh, two and <laughs> ten. One season ago for Vanderbilt, their one win, or excuse me, their two wins, they defeated Colorado State 24-21. At Colorado State. At Colorado State. And then in Nashville, they defeated UConn 30-28. So they won two games by a combined five points and went over in SEC competition last season. Their their season did not get off to a good start when they uh, got absolutely blown out by FCS vote East Tennessee State 23-3. So welcome to Vanderbilt Clark Lee. You get beat by FCS team, and you only Mm. score three points. Uh, Yeah, I mean, listen, Vanderbilt is Vanderbilt. There's a reason they're picked down at the bottom of everybody's polls in the SEC East and really in the entire SEC, pretty much picked dead last. Um, they do have some decent players. Um, um, you know, Anthony, um, Anthony, uh, orgy linebacker, uh, led the Commodores in tackles with 92 last year. Um, they do have a running back coming back, uh, Ramon Davis. Um, he's going to be their, their main dude in the backfield. Uh, he ran for uh, 211 yards before suffering an injury uh, in the third game of the season, but he'll be back. And so they're looking a lot, uh, looking for a lot out of him. Uh, Will Shepard will be back at a wide receiver. So, I mean, they, they've got some guys, but they just don't have enough guys. And, and that's kind of the story with Vanderbilt is every now and then they're going to have a guy here or there. They just don't – they just can't get the – They're Vanderbilt. The amount of players. Of it's Vanderbilt. It's and, Vanderbilt. I mean, it, it's kind of like Duke football or Kansas football. You just it, – it's going to be a struggle and, unless you just somehow figure things out. Like, I mean, Spurrier did that – you know, at Duke, won an ACC with them. But, I mean, that's been a long time ago. Yeah. Kansas. David Cutcliffe took them to a couple of uh, – And David Cutcliffe has done things. bowl games, and, took and them to the Van- ACC and, title. And Vanderbilt has found some success, you know, when uh, when Cutler was their quarterback. Yeah. I mean, they had a couple James of – James Franklin had a 9-3 and three season at Vanderbilt, which was exactly. crazy. So, it can be done. Derek but, Mason took them to two bowl games yeah. in six seasons. Yeah. But, uh, but they currently have not won an SEC game in, what, two years? Oh, yeah, we looked this up the other day, and I yep. can't remember what. Um, I'm pretty sure it's been two years. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. <sighs> yeah. So, I mean, they I, – I hate to say, you know, it's Vanderbilt. It's, but, I mean, that, that's, that's really the case. It's Vanderbilt. They are the bottom of the SEC, and they are really going to kind of continue being there until – Something drastic changes, and I don't know what that is. They don't have the facilities. Dissolve the program. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, Vanderbilt last won an SEC game against Missouri, who we just got done talking about, 21 14 back on October 19th, 2019. Ah. October of 2019, the last time Vanderbilt won an SEC game. 
See, Vanderbilt's one of those. It's just hard to find positives. I mean, it really is. I mean, Vanderbilt's one. Of, you say dissolve the program. I, I, it's not dissolve the program, but I mean, there's a lot of. I don't. I don't know about a lot of talk, but I mean, you hear a lot of fans saying that the SEC needs to boot Vanderbilt. However, Vanderbilt baseball on the, on the well. Well, I was going to say first of all on the education they bumped yes. the education standards of the SEC to elite levels because that's what Vanderbilt is known for. Is the education they're a school school? They are a they are a school school. Um, their baseball program has done great, and they've had some other things, some other programs that have done pretty well. Um, but but yeah, I mean, football they're just it, it's going to be a, an uphill climb nonstop for Vanderbilt. I, I just I don't see any this way that it's never uh, yeah <laughs> it's a vertical cliff that they're trying to climb because they're. They're just not even in the same stratosphere Stratosphere with anybody really in the East. When you just look at the talent gap, I mean, we say Georgia and everybody else. It's like Georgia, everybody oh. else, and then this talent gap, and then there's Vanderbilt. Like, like way down there. I just – and, I mean, I would hate to say it because, you know, obviously everybody wants to have some type of positive look outlook on their football season and how things are going to go, but, I mean – where do you get the motivation if you're Vanderbilt? You know, where where do you're like, yes, we're going to, you know, I mean, obviously you probably win the out-of-conference games, you know, the, the FCS games, the easy ones. But other than that, like, what are you, you going to do? You're not winning anything in your conference, and that's where, where everything really matters. So yeah. what's what's the point? Yeah. I, the, the one thing that, that you can say about them, is late in the season they did show some improvement, and then they had actually a pretty decent recruiting class. They were ranked 32nd nationally right, right. in recruiting, uh, and you go through um, at least here on on the Athlon stuff. I mean they've got a they've got a couple of guys. Uh, they got a guy out of a uh, Daniel Martin, a linebacker out of Marietta, Georgia, was a consensus four star. Cool. Uh, they've got a safety, um, Jadace Richard. Uh, he is a four star. And so, I mean, they, they loaded up. They, they're mostly got three-star guys, but it's a whole bunch of three-star guys, and it's enough to get 32nd nationally. Right. Now, granted, the other guys are, you know, they're recruiting all five and four stars. Vanderbilt's getting the threes, and you get a four every now and then. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, they've, they've got some guys, but, it's man, it's just not enough. And, and, I, and I don't think it will ever be enough for no. Vanderbilt. It's just a school school. School know, school. At the end sure. of the day. Uh, they're weird. Vanderbilt is, I mean – 16 varsity sports for the Vanderbilt Commodores Athletic Department. That's low <laughs> compared to most everybody else. Like, for example, Vanderbilt does not field a softball team yeah, to compete right. We've in the SEC. We've talked about that before. Vanderbilt yep. only has six men's sports. Basketball, baseball, cross-country, football, golf, and tennis. They do have a women's bowling team. because Who has won some national titles. Who have won some national titles. Yeah. So, uh, Tony from Tuskegee had called in a moment ago. Tony, if you want to call back in and say hey to us, you do that, my buddy. Tony We'd love to hear from you, Tony. Call and say hello, 334-887-3401. Commercial break. We're back after this. May we have your attention, please? Ladies and gentlemen. Can I please have your attention? We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Hi, my name is... What? My name is... My name is... Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. 
I'm Britt Bowen, voice of Auburn women's basketball and Auburn softball. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Back on Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM, Tiger Communications app, JJ Jackson with Tom Peavy and Cam Berry. Boys, the Thunder Chickens are back in action tomorrow night. Thunder Chickens. We hope. We hope. <laughs> we hope. If Mother Nature will let us please, play. Please, Mother Nature. Yeah. Please. We're feeling good. Yeah, please, Mother Nature. Please, Mother Nature. I For once, just listen to we us. We're a 1 and 8 team and we're 0 and 9. <laughs> yeah. This really is our chance. Win. This is our chance. We got to make Dude, this don't happen. Don't take this away from if us. If there was ever a chance. We need this. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, 7.30 first game tomorrow? 7.30 first game. 7.30 first game. All right, uh, let's do this. We go back to our Auburn Bank phone line, and joining us now on the program is our good pal. Tony from Tuskegee. Tony has called into the show. Hi, Tony. Hey, how y'all doing? Good. How about yourself? Uh, yeah. And the quarterback situation at all, and uh, have they just – you know, have the competition speeded up yet? Uh, I mean, the competition is there. They have not said exactly who's going to be. I think most folks think that Zach Calzada is going to be the guy. Uh, I have heard from several people that TJ Finley has looked really good in some of the practices. So, uh, but you know, I'm, I I think it's going to be Zach Calzada. I think that's where everybody is expecting it to go. Yeah. I, I was, Looking at a way upside, reading the way upside, they said for Auburn, most of the team will box up and see if the quarterback could beat them. Stop. Uh, what's the running back name? Uh, Tank. Tank Bigsby. Stop Tank. Yeah. And see if the quarterback can beat you. Well, yeah. I mean that that's going to be that's going to be what any defensive coordinator in their right mind is going to do is to shut down Auburn's run game and force force a force the offensive line to pass protect force an unknown quarterback to make passes and then force a group of very unknown wide receivers to try to make plays so yeah i mean if you if you've got a team with one known game breaker which is tank bigsby absolutely yeah. you shut him down and make everybody else beat you yeah the situation, the situation with um uh, uh the other quarterback was name out. Uh, T.J. Um, Finley? T.J. Finley. Was that situation as big as the media wanted to make it? Uh, you're talking about the arrest? Yeah. I, no, no it, it wasn't. Now, he, he, I haven't seen the full story with that, but I mean, it, it sounds like he did something pretty foolish and, and whether they, I don't know if they dropped charges or what, but I mean he, he just wasn't riding a moped, moped with a helmet. Well, on. he ran, but he ran from the cops twice. That that was the biggest thing. Is they tried to stop him, and that could have been a ticket or a warning. He decided to flee, and they had to actually call off pursuits twice. At least this is according to Auburn PD. He had to call off the pursuits twice to prevent. They don't. They're not looking at this as like, hey, that's T.J. Finley on a moped. They just see person on a moped with no helmet, flee, yeah. flees from them. They have to stop the pursuit because they don't want this person to wreck and kill themselves, and so they have to stop the pursuit. And apparently, that happened twice, and yeah. then, and they realized then that it was TJ. So, um, 
you know, making some foolish, foolish mistakes yeah. right there that he but, needs yeah, to try to learn I, from. Know, but with, with that being said, I think I'm I, I'm majority. I'm 59 years old. It was a certain quarterback played in Auburn. I remember on a Thursday uh, night during the week football season. He got in a fight and was shooting at, I think, if I'm not mistaken, at a McDonald's in Auburn, and he was on the field that Saturday. I, when was this? Because I, I definitely can't remember a quarterback shooting at anybody. No, nah, it's, it's before you all's time. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's before you. This was back in the 80s. Oh. I, yeah, it was yeah. back in the 80s. I, I definitely, I definitely couldn't tell you that. Yeah, but you know, little situation. You know, with that being said, I'm not. You know, I'm not. I'm, I'm not saying a a a racial thing or like that. But you know, back then, uh, many cities that got college, you know, that got uh, universities, they kind of protected them players. You know, to a certain extent. You know, you never heard nothing about no traffic stop or no. Some of them guys get to fighting. That's even at the University of Alabama where what that guy got to shoot. One of them got busted with marijuana in the park. You know, they was on the field. That game, you know, you hadn't heard nothing else about it. Yeah, but, and you know, I guess I guess it's the extent of 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 what the person does because I I remember you know back several years ago when Nick Marshall was the starting quarterback, he got busted over in Georgia. With just a very slight, little tiny amount of uh, of marijuana, and I mean it was a very, very tiny amount, and that caused him to be suspended for a couple of games. Uh, and so, I mean, obviously, it depends on what happens, you know. Now, if you're shooting at folks and doing that, that's a whole different ball game. Auburn ran into that problem in the Gene Chiswick era, where you had football players that were part of an armed robbery at a trailer park, you know. And of course, those guys never that. got played again. Several of those guys are actually doing prison time that's right now. Not- What's his name? The guy that's on on the sports show. What's his name? Gene Chizzy area. Yeah, those are those. Those were after the after the national championship game, and uh, yeah. yeah, it was um up on Wire Road. Yeah, it was that, yeah over uh, Wire Road area, one of the trailer parks, and there's a group of football players went arm robbed a, a, a mobile home. Yeah, and those guys are all in jail. So it depends on what happens, I mean, and you know something like what TJ is accused of because he has not been found guilty and he is innocent until proven guilty. It may be something that they drop, drop charges and just let Auburn handle that in-house um, for some silly decisions he's making, or he may have to pay some tickets and some fines. I, I don't make know. Him but. Run the, make him run the field by the hundred yeah, times yeah. clean yeah. up around the university. Absolutely. Because, yeah, I think that's just yeah. like, that's a punish – him, Punish him some kind of way. Well, you know, I didn't think just something like that. I thought a lot of times – Regardless of what they try and protect the player like that, I guess times have changed now. Well, and, and even over here, in, even over in Tuskegee, LA was protecting players out soon. You know, yeah. certain things. Well, I, and I can say this: I, I would imagine that whatever TJ uh, punishment, it's probably not going unpunished. Um, it's just probably something that we're not seeing because you know, all of us are we're not there behind closed doors. We don't know. You know what goes on when the media availability is not there, so he may be being punished in house. Uh, yeah. You know, I, but we, we don't, don't know. know. We don't know that. But no, I'd no. have to imagine it's not going to go unpunished. 
uh, if the reports are accurate. But again, he's also innocent until proven guilty. Tony, we appreciate the call today. Let's get some yeah, more in right. here. All right, good to hear from you, buddy. Uh, that's our pal Tony from Tuskegee. As we continue to move forward, folks wanting to chime in on the conversation, we go back to our Auburn Bank phone line. And now joining us on Sports Call, Luke from Alex City. Luke has called into the show. Hey, Luke. Hey, guys. How are y'all today? Doing great. Uh, a couple of things. First of all, I didn't get to hear Steve earlier, but apparently it was good enough to bring Anthony out of retirement, so I'm going to listen to the <laughs> podcast and chime in tomorrow um, because I'm sure it was nothing but fair. But uh, I do want to mention, to talk about what Tony just brought up. Um, I think what he was referring to was some kind of incident with Jeff Berger and a, and a, in a Crystal's parking lot and I want to say it was like 1986 or 1987. I want to, I'm, I'm not 100% sure. It was somewhere in there because Reggie Slack was the backup. And if I remember right, they were playing Florida that weekend, and the suspension was Jeff Berger won't start. And Jeff Berger didn't start, but Reggie Slack fumbled the first snap, so they put Jeff Berger back in there almost immediately. So it really wasn't much of a suspension, and I think that's what he was getting around to. And as far as um, what happened with I DJ just confirmed Finley, the year for you, 1987, Luke. So eight okay. years before I, I came into existence, but you were right spot on. Yeah, you didn't have to say all that. I mean, I <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so uh, the thing about T.J. Finley, it's not about the not wearing a helmet uh, thing. Look, it's... It's more about the eluding police, and also I think it comes down to, you know, maybe it's that Brian Harson doesn't have um, the cachet yet to get the benefit of the of the police, maybe uh, sort of sweeping it under the rug a little bit more. I, I do find it funny. Everybody's like, why can't you just sweep it under the rug uh, when it happens here, or happens there? Look, it, number one, we're in a different age where it, all the information is out there in front of you anyway. What if? Somebody had been videoing that, and it got swept under the rug, and then it got put out there for everybody to see. Then the police department looks bad, number one. But number two, um, you know, if Arson had gone 11-2 and two last year, I'd be willing to bet we wouldn't have heard much about that, that incident. So I just I think sometimes this is all tied in with how much weight the coach actually pulls. So And, and maybe I'm being too cynical right there. I'm not trying to uh, disparage the police department at all because I feel for them. I mean – Everybody's sort of getting on to them for doing their job, which is, you know, just, hey, you're not, you're supposed to be wearing a helmet. We're trying to tell you to wear a helmet. There's no telling if he even would have gotten a citation. They may have just pulled him over and said, hey, man, you got to put your helmet on. Yeah. Um, but instead, he chose a different path, literally, and um, it turned into something bigger than it was. And now people are like, oh, he's in trouble for not wearing a helmet. And that's not what it is. It's more about evading the police. So, um, you know, it's just a bad situation all around, but hopefully he's not punished too hard because it really isn't overall that big of a deal, and I hope he learned a lesson. Yeah, that's, that's the big thing is, is hopefully learn from it. And, and, yeah, I agree. I mean, it sounds like he, he took something that could have very well just been a, a warning, a verbal warning, and turned into something that shouldn't have. So, you know, he's, got, he's young. He's got to learn. He can't be doing those things, especially as a, as a high-profile public figure you're going to be under the under a microscope. So you got to learn from that. Um, so, uh, yeah, learn from it. But, uh, yeah, it's not – in the big scheme of things of, of what other players around the country have gotten in trouble for, that, that's, that's pretty minor. Yeah, it really is. And, again, 
Um, there'll be some older Auburn fan out there that'll know that situation with Jeff Berger, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was. And he may have had to do something. He, he may have had a gun in his truck or something that made it seem a little bit worse. So uh, I, I don't remember all the details. It was a long time ago. But anyway, I think that's what he was referring to. So the Auburn – I'm reading this straight from this story. The Auburn quarterback got into trouble when he was arrested for, quote, fighting, drinking, and carrying a concealed weapon outside a fast food restaurant in the summer before the 1987 season. Uh, and I guess Pat Sullivan signed a $700 bond for his release. Oh, wow. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, that, I knew it was something like that. But, yeah, there was. And Jeff Berger did something else. I may, He may not have even been suspended for that. He may have been suspended for some uh, something else to do with um, plagiarism or something. That it, it was more he, academic related. He was a key- and that's why Reggie Sl- that's why Reggie Slack took that first snap. Yeah. I, I remember that pretty vividly. Uh, accused of plagiarism, uh, plagiarism for the misuse of quotation marks in a paper. His case was brought to Auburn's Academic Honesty Committee, who issued a three-quarter suspension for the Tigers' 1987 season opener at Jordan-Hare Stadium against Texas. Uh, Vice President Warren Brandt later removed the suspension. Both things were resolved without any impact on his eligibility. Uh, he also committed an NCAA violation when he accepted a free plane ride to go hunting. The NCAA declared him ineligible for a third time in the 1987 season as a result, though Auburn appealed. Wow, okay. So there you go. Jeff Burr. Right. <laughs> the, internet, the internet is a wonderful thing. All Absolutely. right, have a great day. <laughs> All right. The internet's given us grease conspiracy theories today. Well, I already knew that one. Right? I didn't have to look that one up. But for folks that wanted to do their own research, <laughs> they were able to do that via the internet. And All then, you have uh, to do is type in grease conspiracy theory, right. and there's and numerous numerous stuff on All there. All right, one me. more phone call. It's an incredible return. We've inspired the comeback yeah. once again, much it quicker is, this time. It's football season. As man. we go to uh, the phone lines. Anthony from Auburn. Anthony's Didn't have back. to wait as long this time. Anthony's back with us <laughs> on the show. You know, uh, to my understanding with TJ, uh, the way I saw this thing, uh, he forgot to pay the uh, citation that he was given for uh, riding around on a moped without a helmet. And I think that's what led to all the misunderstanding and all the, the police uh, having to make an arrest that was turned in. He forgot to pay the ticket. I think that's the big trouble. He didn't pay it, and that, that escalated to something else. But, uh, you know, back in the day, um, Catholic police or whoever would have stopped him at the time would have would have turned a blind eye to something like that. You don't take a football player in for no nonsense like that. I mean, you're hurting the university image in this city and everything when you start doing something that stupid like that. I mean, going to take him in for that. Now, if he'd have had a gun, a firearm, drugs, or been wanted for something uh, worth something, then that's a whole other ball game. But something that silly, uh, you just uh, uh, would have turned him loose. And, yeah, he need to go run some gases in a few stadiums to, to get his attention, let him know you can't be doing that. That's, that's a lot of ads yeah. But like I said, I I'm going off of the off of what the Auburn police statement that they put out. They specifically said that on two separate occasions they tried to stop him from riding without the helmet just to stop him, and both times he fled from police, led them on a chase which the Auburn police had to discontinue for safety reasons. So it was at least according to Auburn PD, it was not that he just didn't pay a ticket. It was like he literally oh, okay. fled from the police oh, okay. twice. And they had but to terminate pursuits to prevent him from injuring himself. But the should have went, went to the football dorm and picked them up. Then athletic well, director should have been called. But, but here, here's the other thing, and and, and it's kind of one of those things. I, I have a lot of buddies of mine that are on the Auburn Police Department. Now there are some that are going to know, but for the most part, as this one has always told me, 
these guys, these Auburn police officers don't carry an Auburn football pictured roster in their cars. So <laughs> they they see this guy riding a moped with no helmet. They don't know that that's T.J. Finley. They just see it's a guy on a moped with no helmet. And so yeah. they don't have a roster with all the pictures in their vehicle that they go look at it and scan through. It's like, hey, you know, that's an athletic-looking black male. Let me check the roster and see if he's a football player. A sport where the players you know, always uh, wear helmets on the field, and it's hard uh, to exactly. recognize them from time to time. You know, uh, speaking of Jeff Berger, I remember that very well when uh, he got in trouble there and, and Coach Southern went out and uh, posted bail. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, Coach Southern got reprimanded for uh, posting that bail. I think it was 500 or $700, whatever it was at the time, but – you know, it was against the NCAA rules for a coach to do such, and uh, that was a big mess about that uh, with Coach Sullivan uh, going down doing so. I remember that very well back then in uh, 87. And uh, Reggie Slack started that uh, game against Florida, fumbled the first uh, snap, and was pulled out, and Burger went in and, and, and went the rest of the way. So uh, that's how that worked out. But uh, we'll be talking to you guys later. Y'all have a good day, and I think. Thank you, Anthony. All it's right. good to hear from you. Man, what a joy to have Anthony from Auburn back on the program, back calling us on the show. Pretty Absolutely. awesome stuff for sure. And a lot of good phone calls there at the end of today's program. Always appreciate our opportunities to interact with callers here on Auburn's First and Auburn's Favorite Sports Talk Show. All right, as the show comes to a close, it's the TV guy. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide. Nothing finer than some nice TV to watch on Monday. Monday night, our nightly TV guide. Is Grease going to be on the night? Claw Hard Seltzer. <laughs> Find a way to stream that. I mean, that should be it. Uh, obviously, as, as we celebrate the life of Olivia Newton-John, who passed away today at the age of 73. Go watch Grease. All right, tonight, Little League Baseball, the Great Lakes Regional at 6 on ESPN. The Benchwarmers talk about a great movie at 7 on Cinemax. Top Gun coming on television tonight, 9.30 on Paramount. And then Ice Age Collision Course at 6 o'clock on FX. The Braves, for what it's worth, not in action tonight. They've got a two-game series Licking them wounds. against the Boston Red Sox at Fenway Park yeah. starting tomorrow. All right. That does it for today's show. Tom, thanks for being here. Absolutely, man. That was a great one. Cam, appreciate you stopping by and being on the show today. Glad to be here. Our thanks once again to Wes Durham, the radio play-by-play voice of the Atlanta Falcons, for joining us earlier today on Sports Call. For Tom Peavy and Cam Berry, my name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day. Good day.